Alrighty, alrighty. G'day, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Bradley J Driver Experience. We're here. It's the first one we're christened in the studio. It's so good to be here in the Experience HQ. And why not kick it off with a couple of mates, a couple of guys that are doing great things in the podcast space. And, you know, if you know me, you know that I love my MMA. Um, can't fight to save my life, but <laughs> fuck, I love watching it. And these guys here host a podcast that's all about MMA. It's about reviewing the fights that have been previewing the ones that are coming up and just talking a whole heap of knuckles, submissions, all the good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, from your home, your car, or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the boys from Couch Critics MMA. Hell yeah. Oh. So good to have the boys here. I'm going to, if you're watching this, you know, which some of the, the loyal experience followers will be on YouTube, if you're watching this, I'll go it from left to right. So we've got Cal down the left, we've got Jaden in the middle, we've got Bo here just beside me on the right. And boys, it's just a pleasure to have you in here. Thanks guys. for having us, man. It's, it's, it's weird, man. The amount of times I've listened and watched your podcast and heard you see, I'm like, bro, this dude's got <laughs> yeah. sick as intros. Yeah. And then to be introducing us, it, it feels weird. Yeah, Being man. on the other end. Grateful. It feels weird. Grateful to be here, bro. They, they're pure freestyle, the intros. So oh, sometimes okay. they're great, sometimes they're shit out. But we just had a coffee and a bit of peanut butter poachies. The boys know what's happening with the Hell peanut yeah. butter and poached eggs. So yeah. it's, um, you know, I'm hyped today. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Honestly, boys, you know, it's, it's funny. We just spoke about it. And it's funny because if you follow me on Instagram, you'd know that just recently, and by just recently, it's the 20th of Feb. So if you're listening to this later, you know, get up to date. Um, <laughs> but, you you know, I've just finished reading The Alchemist for the second time. Cal's read that too. And we were oh, yeah. talking about throughout that book, the, the presence of like omens mm. and how you're meant to sort of meet up with people at certain times and for them to be a part of your life at certain times. And we have a lot of, you know, between these boys, we've got a mate of two brothers on the outside and a mate in the middle. And, you know, the two brothers, the, the Azza Party boys, our family sort of link up back in the past. And it's funny, we sort of reconnected probably a year, yeah, a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, um, through property. And then all of a sudden we're here shooting a podcast. So it's funny how it all works out, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. Like I said, I love my MMA and I've been listening to the show and something nice about people that you know or people that are local talking about the things you love and you guys do it very well. You've got a great dynamic. So talk to us about how it all began. Um, well, I think it began, well, what card did you say it was? Uh, Adesanya. Oh, that was the first episode, but it was after Israel Adesanya versus Yo Romero. Right. We were talking, yeah, we yeah. were talking at Bo's house. We, like, you, you, it was pretty simple. You pretty much just bring it up, be like, man, I've been thinking, I don't know if I've got inspiration from you, would have been. but you just sort of hit us, it's like, let's do a podcast. And then I jumped at it, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, once with Spud's personality, once he's got <laughs> something in his brain, that's it. He yeah, really I just get obsessed with it and stuff. And starts then, researching. I, I throw ideas out all the time, so I'm like the ideas man, we should do this, <laughs> and then it leaves my brain, that's it, I'm done. That's <laughs> like, my input, and it's he like does one of research. Ten of it, you throw ten out, and then one sticks. 100. But then, yeah, you pretty much, and I, I jumped at it, I'm like, Bro, that makes so much sense. But then we're, we're sort of just like, why? Yeah, why are we gonna, gonna start go. a podcast? How are we gonna start a podcast? Mm. And all them sort of things. And then it sort of, I think we sat there for like two hours after the card finished and we're just like- Rolling ideas. Rolling ideas, rolling names. Like a, a couple of our first names and a couple of our logos, bro. It's just- <laughs> We should post them. It's hysterical to look back on, but yeah, then it just started like, how are we gonna, how do we actually set up a podcast? You know what I mean? And then um, pretty much research, 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 got all the gear. And it was, a, it was a pretty long process like to get 
everything set up and everything and then like we were talking about earlier how um we were set up it took us a couple months to set up all the gears up, there and then we just didn't do it <laughs> there. there was a room fully set up exactly like this ready to go yeah. and just we'd be like uh two weeks from now we'll do it i'm a bit busy we'll go two weeks and the next two weeks uh, another month six months later we hadn't done one episode yeah. it was more of a I don't know anxiety issue and worrying, you know, what people are going to think about. You just get trigger shy, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. And all all it comes down to is you just need to do it. You just, start. you just need to start. And recording that first practice episode, you didn't know it was what? the unknown as well. It was the same as coming here. It's the unknown, you know. Yeah. Know what you're scared of, but we just had to do it. And then as soon as we'd done it, then yeah, we knew what we needed and we knew what we had to do. <coughs> And then it just went from there. It's right, almost you've got to be willing to have your ego bruised oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. know, I remember putting out, it's funny because for so long, I caught my first four-star raving the other day on that <laughs> podcast. And That's I was like, J-up. son of a, which yeah. son of a bitch gave me four-star? <laughs> but it's funny, you've got, to be, you've got to be ready for that. And 100%. I think I've learned from Gary V that like, yeah. not everyone's going to love your stuff and that's okay. Yeah. But most people will get behind you. Oh, and yeah. I've seen that with you guys, like especially locally, we've got, I say it all the time, we've got such a great community here in the Illawarra that everyone just bends behind locals and, mm. and loves to see locals doing well. And that's one of the things that I love about our area. And I know I've experienced that and I can see you guys experiencing that as well. And you know, it's just good to know you've got people behind you. 100%. We yeah. never even thought about people talking good. That was a weird thing. All of our thoughts was people hating on it. Like yeah, we never. And the yeah. first after the first release, everyone got on board, man. It was mad. But funny, funny story, the first ever one, Spuddy Jaden press record, and it was just silence. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> speak. We like got so because we didn't have a dynamic. We weren't sure because we didn't know how we we're gonna do it. Yeah, so it flow. I was like, I was gonna start the intros. Like obviously, I need to need to work on them since. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but we didn't know how we were gonna do it, and then yeah, we went, we pressed record, and we're like, we just had like an anxiety thing. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't know what we're doing. What yeah. we're gonna talk about? It was start double guessing yourself, and Andrew. like we know, like we listen to the post-fight press conferences and all that kind of mm. stuff, um, and we're hitting the same things they're saying. We're saying, you know, we, we follow it pretty avidly. We've followed it yeah. for a few years deep. Like we know yeah. who trains with who mm. generally, um, what fight is the right fight to make stuff. So we were saying all the stuff, but then we. Yeah, once it comes to recording, we're like, oh, how do we, like, how do we put it together? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was and hard. I think, I think you're your own worst critic as well. 100%. Like yeah, you're, definitely. You're your own worst couch critic. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, we, like we had our first practice, the pilot, and I think it was eight minutes long. And we sent it around to a couple of our friends and met. Any, we asked for feedback and that's a good idea yeah, yeah. and in yeah. reality, it, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Like we were super nervous and stuff. And then, um, yeah, but then when they tell you, like, it's going well and stuff like that, it's, it's pretty reassuring. Yeah. 100%. But like you said, like, Wollongong's awesome. Like, we have to thank everyone that supports yeah. us. Like, we didn't expect to have already, you know, we're still on the come up, but to have as much support as we already have, it's been amazing. It makes it so much easier to, you know, make, we're putting out something that people are liking, the content's good. Definitely. And, once, you know, makes and, us want to keep going. And the opportunities that come off the back of it, like 12 months ago, we never thought we'd be sitting here with you. It was quite, in a way though, we have talked about like, one day we're going to get, you know, to that level yeah. and Brad's going to ask us to come on, you know, that was yeah. kind of the little goal of ours. That was legit me. I was thinking, it. not even with the podcast, I was thinking, even Joe Rogan, I was like, I'll, imagine, I wonder if I'll ever have a life interesting mm. enough to be on a podcast. And then even yours, I was like, fuck it, what, like, 
why would I be on here? And then yeah, shit just happens. Like an omen. Yeah, like you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think about that a lot. Like, yeah. what am I doing every day? Actually, to talk about Rogan and to reference him, he's got a fucking amazing saying, which I love. He, he referred to it on one of his episodes where he spoke about live your life as if there's a documentary yes. following you yes. 24-7. Yeah. And everything that you do will be taped and released. And if you live with that mentality, you kind of rise to the occasion. And I think about it all the time because, you know, if you went through, if Joe Reagan went through his inbox, and one day I know I'll meet that bloke who's sitting <laughs> yeah. alongside him, Hundred. and he's going to go through his inbox and go, fuck, this guy's been messaging me for years. Because yeah. I used to send him messages and be like, hey, bro, like, love seeing you at number one, love your content, but I'm coming for you. <laughs> it's <laughs> good, like, confidence. Subtle jabs. Though. 100%. And it's, I think that's, you've just got to have that mentality yes, that eventually you're going to be there and, you know, we come from an area, like I said, that is very supportive, but there's mm. all, almost a mentality in Wollongong that is limiting to this area where yes. people go, oh, I'm from the gong. It's not Sydney. You know, yeah. Yeah. I probably can't make it in the big mm-hmm. smoke. But if that's your mentality, you never will. It's exactly 100%. Right. How far can you go sort of thing? People think like that. But we've always sort of shot for the stars, though. Really? We've thought we want to be, same as you, top one, top three podcast in Australia. We want to be top one. Yeah. MMA podcast in and we believe we can do it too like 100% like, yeah we're on our way but 100% 100% and I'm 100% behind you and you know I, I love what you said there before Bo you spoke about you guys watch everything and that's the thing for me I can get away with being kind of an amateur at everything yeah and only having limited knowledge because yeah. my guests are so diverse and so far and wide but when you do a podcast that's purely MMA yes. yeah you need to know it and I think mm. you know for most people there's the thing I like about you guys is because you've not come from a background where you fought in an organisation yeah. or you've been influenced by people within that circle, it's a very raw and honest yeah. take on mm. what's happening in the sport. So give us, I guess, a bit of an idea on, firstly, where the love and the passion for MMA come from. I think, for I'll take a start, um, yeah. our cousin, Jason Baltov, he was Australian kickboxing champ. Yeah, yeah. So he runs yeah. Kaikashin in Unidera. Yeah. Um, out there, what is it? The kickboxing. I don't know. What it's we literally. Used to <laughs> I just call it Kaikashin, but that's the martial art. But um, just watching him fight when we were younger, we used to go watch his fights, and it was just like he was kind of a god to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. As kids, yeah, you know, he's like yeah. our second cousin. We call him our uncle. Um, yeah, going out there watching him in the ring, just. He's got a knockout, actually. I'll send it to you later. It's, yeah. What is it, 20 yeah. seconds? Literally Eight starts, head kick, boom, knocks the guy out. Didn't even crack a sweat. Like He was like yeah. our idol. And ever since then, we've kind of looked highly on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then having older friends and family that used to watch you know, the UFC, like we said, we used to hire the DVDs at the video it's shop. And, civic um, video, shout out. Six-year-old video <laughs> fights. We're watching it like, oh, yeah. Shit. Like, yeah. As that's, it happened yeah. so long ago. But mm. that's really the actual start, start. I think I think everyone has the sort of appreciation for the entertainment side of it and, yeah. growing, and growing up playing footy you always had that little side and you love watching it and stuff and then I don't think it didn't really cultivate to the next level of how much we loved it until we started training it yes okay, that's true okay. and we got a lot of people they're fans and then they've never trained before and they don't have the appreciation for how much it goes in how skilled these guys are 100%. just to make the walk just to put their skills and then get the crazy knockouts they get or submissions we didn't really have the appreciation for it until we started it. training and we realised and our coach is there, he's like, throw a jab. We're in a line. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Because it's almost the same as stand-up comedy. You watch someone on Netflix, like you watch a special and you go, 
that was some funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you think, well, if I had to stand up yeah. in front of exactly. 10,000 people and How would you crack go? jokes, yeah. you know, I'd probably go, <laughs> how about that right in? Like, <laughs> what else you got? You know, so I think you, you start to appreciate it, like you said, when you're in it and you're training. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do for training? So how I'm at Gracie Baja. I started at Gracie Baja Shell Harbour Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and then we also started MMA at PCYC Lake Illawarra. I want to say, I don't know how you had the nuts to do that. So, it's a pretty much story. Yeah, you pretty much started training Gracie so, Baja with Kyle, or you can tell the story. Yeah, basically, I was, I remember it was a, we went to Bali a couple of years ago, and yeah. I, like the boy said earlier, I did my knee, I injured my knee at a, in under 16's footy, so I hadn't played yeah. sports since then, so I'm, you know what sport, even with your active yeah. boys running and stuff, being around the boys and having a culture like that, you need something like that, and I didn't have mm. it for years. And look, the only thing I knew is rugby league. So I was mm. looking at going back to rugby league after six years, bad knee, I'm just like, look, I'm just gonna go back, and one of the guys I was on holidays with, he goes, look, I've just started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, why don't you just have a go? And I'm usually in my box, you know, in shell, mm. I never try things new, but then for something clicked, and I went, you know what? I'm gonna try it, don't even know mm. what it is, but mm. I'm gonna try it. Actually, just sorry to jump in, but there was a moment we were, drinking at a bar in yes. Bali and a, a dude was like he was off his head and he started that. going at this girl like he was ready to fight her yeah, he, he got I was shitting myself <laughs> I got, I'm like my stomach so I was like oh man like I can't do anything and then Kyle because he had trained he's like fuck I want to go take him down and choke him out <laughs> it was, I was like things, yeah, it was we, just that confidence I was like yeah. I, I wouldn't do it like I, I couldn't yeah. fight I was like I can't even help this girl if she yeah. needed, like, if she needed help, I couldn't help mm. her. And so, as a man, like, you want to, you should, you know, especially with violence against women and that, we wanted to so bad, want to stand up and, you know, protect mm. this lady, but yeah. I couldn't do anything about it. I forgot mm. about that. You probably knocked right. me out. And that was probably a catalyst too, because it was the day after that we we organised to to go check it out um, when we got back, obviously. But yeah, so that started it, and then we, because we were watching the fight so much, we thought I want to do some sort of striking as well. And yeah, literally walked into, I just walked into PCYC by myself. <laughs> Went up to a boxing coach and just said, look, we're looking for, you know, like an MMA style class. Do you do anything? He happens to be a coach of multiple UFC champions, uh, not champions, multiple UFC oh, fighters. I've heard about this mm. lad. Been fighting for years. Just an underground dude. Keeps to himself. Um, but he's trained some, like, to give his resume in 10 years at the PCYC that had one, what, they had one champion. Golden Gloves champion. One Golden Gloves champion. He was there for less than... Eight, yeah, one oh, state champion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Less than 12 months him being there, three in the first year. He's just just yeah, different. Well, yeah. He just knows how and to I train think, people. I think that goes back to an omen. Yeah. Which is a manifestation legend. And there's no, there's a million things that could have happened for you not to go in there. Yeah. And me and Cal, since we quitted footy, we wanted to do that. It was something, actually when we were still there. We wanted to do As a fitness thing. Yeah. Because we were fans of it. But then, like, we were driving together once, I remember. And it was like, we were thinking of gyms. And then mm. we were... Th- the thought of walking in, I was like, nah, I couldn't do it. And then Bo just did that it by himself. So he had a character for me too. Cause yeah. That's not yeah. what I do. Like I went back to, I'm kind of in my shell, just sticking my leg. Yeah. And to work out like that and be coached by such, I, th- I think he was a perfect guy. Adam Higgins, North Side yeah, Field Boxing, we'll shout him out. He's a man. Yeah. Yeah, like we said, coach UFC fighters, Alex Chambers, Richie Walsh. And to he was a perfect guy to... Take us under his wing, really. Yeah, yeah. to mm. start first. And it's just crazy because... They weren't even doing MMA there. They were doing mm. boxing, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, man! We'll do. Let's do an MMA class." And we go there, and it's it's us three and two of your mates, and then that's how it all started. And we just grew it into a class from there. That's great. So but that's pretty much where the love the love comes from after yeah. training. 
you know, it's funny just to go back to what you said before about that incident inside yeah. that bar in Bali where you want to be the guy that can stand yeah. up mm. and you know it's, I was listening to I was telling you guys this morning off camera I was listening to Rogan and Jocko Willink yeah, just yesterday which I've listened to that pod like two or three times now but I just keep going back to it and they spoke about this thing where like you know in your heart with jiu-jitsu and I haven't done jiu-jitsu before but they were saying like you know in your heart that when someone chokes you out and you tap like if that was real life and that was yeah. a real situation that man would have killed you yes. Yes. so there's something about it where it's so raw at nature yeah. Whilst the sport is, like you guys said, a gentle art where mm. there is unbelievable respect and a mm. lot of people are leaving their ego at the door when they walk into one of those gyms, yeah. which I want to touch on in a minute. Yeah. Um, but there's this thing where you know in the back of your head, like, this is true yes. combat. This is true, like, human life. Yeah. If we live in a very civilised world right yeah. now here in Australia, but there's places in the world where this shit is happening 100%. and it's life or death. 100%. Well, we, we talk about that now. We we don't know ourselves. The confidence we've got from training every day is unmatched. Like, we can't think of ourselves before we started training. And yeah. To back that up too, I used to, like, I'm, look, we don't, we're not much of party people. We used to, back in the day, we'd go out and have a few drinks and stuff. And there's always confrontation. There's always that. And look, I've never, I've probably never been in a fight in my life. But I've seen a lot being out in town, as you would have seen too. You know, once people yeah. have some alcohol and stuff, things get a bit hairy. And... Being re- like so scared, I feel like a lot of fights come from being scared. Insecurity. As a man, you have yeah insecurities. Yeah. So you see a big dude walk in, and you think like your girlfriend's next to you, and you're feeling a bit insecure. You want to like puff your chest out, and you start poking jabs, and then a lot of fights come from things like that. And I feel like insecurities. Insecurities, and now that yeah, like you said, we've got that confidence a bit more, you know, behind us, and you don't want to. And like you said, it's you're going in there, it's raw combat. After you train, there's nothing less I want to do than. To have a confrontation yes. with someone. And on, you know and what? It sorry. creates humble nature. 100%. Because mm. you know, and there's guys, like to shout out some of the boys at Gracie, there's guys that if you looked at them, they look like the most average dude. 65 kilos, you know, like a skinny kind of guy. Um, doesn't look like anything. They beat me up. I'm Not that I'm a big guy, but I'm 80 kilos. I'm 20 kilos heavier than these yeah. guys. And they are just ragged on me. And it makes you think like when you're out, you don't know who here. Like you just said, someone that you know is uh, that... Um, champion that was fighting you're saying Travis yeah, as well yeah. we had no idea like you wouldn't know that that guy can no. you know it's funny because like my old boy so I'll, I'll talk about my old boy for a bit here like my old boy's like my, my hero like yeah. my real life action hero Love and that. I got Hercules tattooed on my, on my arm yeah. like to symbolise my dad like that role model that statue that I look up to and my dad was a black belt one Dan in Taekwondo Hectic. and so dad's dad's a freak of nature but dad we always say that you know people say you know, some women have resting bitch face. My sister and I always say that dad has resting want to belt the fuck out of your face. <laughs> like, if you yeah. didn't know him, you'd go, fuck, that guy looks fierce. And yeah. he just looks like he wants to destroy me. <laughs> but it's just how he looks. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, he's the nicest bloke. But, so he was a copper. So growing up, I was always exposed to like this guy that was just, it's like he had no fear. Mm. Like the amount of time someone's been carrying on in bullies or like throwing punches at people or trying to nick shit and like next minute dad's yeah. tackling him across the ground and like dad's taking control of the situation as a young kid and as a man now I look at that and I go that confidence yeah. is something that I aspire to have that confidence is something that demands the respect of the room yeah. and oh, yeah. it's it's purely just from a background of martial arts and, and knowing how to use 
your strength and knowing how to move your body to work for yeah. you, not against you. And mm. it was probably, you know, probably like 10 years ago now that, you know, I remember thinking, because it's been a long time since he was a black belt, and I said to Dad, you know, we're watching a UFC fight actually, and I think someone threw a spinning head kick. Yeah. And Dad goes, I used to be able to do one of them. And I said, bullshit. And he goes, I probably still could. And I was like, yeah, right, eh? I said, you know, you know, talk's cheap, yeah, yeah. right? And he goes, right, out in the garage. And I had to hold a kick pad above my head, and I swear <laughs> to God, he jumped up and fucking flung the thing <laughs> 10 That's, yards from the top yeah. of my head. And That's I was like, awesome. holy shit, he's still he's got, got it. it. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of the thing you never lose then. 100%. To agree, you always have it. You always yep. have that instinct and that, that ability to move your body a yes. little differently or more confidently than most. Mm. 100%. Another thing Joe Rogan said, which is so true, he said if, there's, if you could walk into a room, LeBron James, Tom Brady, there's all the best athletes in the world. Then Mike Tyson walks in the room. You're looking at Mike Tyson yeah. or John Jones. If there's a fighter, you're you're looking at them. Not like I don't want to say in our confidence. Like we're not walking around like we're savages yeah. or anything. No, but I get what you the mean. The humble people, like yeah, everyone's looking at them, sort of thing. A hundred percent because you know they've got power. Exactly, yeah. and, and I want to say shout out to you. Mike Tyson. Fuck, it feels like we're hot boxing in here. It's that <laughs> the sun, the sun's pouring through the back window there, and it's just it's warm. I'm, I'm a few sweat pellets dropping from under the arms, but you know it's it's really cool to see you guys immersing yourself in it. As you know, obviously you love the you love the sport and you love learning and growing within that yourselves, but it only sort of levels you up in terms of your knowledge for the pod, right? Exactly. exactly. Well, that's another thing too. Like, you've got the biggest guys like Ariel Hawani, a lot of the bigger guys, they've never stepped foot on a mat before. Mm. They don't know. So then they critique these guys, like they talk about, like, oh, this person should have finished this or that. And how do you know? You don't... And look, we've never fought either. We're not yeah. 10 and we're high and mighty. But even just having that, you know, that few years under our belt of boxing, a bit of MMA, and obviously jiu-jitsu, we can understand what was going on. And I feel like that's where... And when we break down the fights the day after, you know, kind of thing, we can explain how that guy nearly got that omoplato, that, you know, the breaking mechanism yeah. of that, you know, yeah, like yeah. how hard it is to get to that mm. position to get that. And I feel like that's where we have an edge on. I think that's, I think that's really helped. And we made a note not to, when we first started the podcast, we're not going to hate on any fighters. Yes, that's, that's, yeah. what, that's the, one of the main catalysts of why we started it. We want, because we often find around here and in Australia, it's the footy culture, which is fine. It's all poppy syndrome, sort of. In terms of like, your team's, ver- say you go for Roosters, your team's versus some Broncos or whatever. You're going to hate the Broncos yeah. for that week. Mm. Whereas people sort of <coughs> carry that over into MMA and they think, oh, my favourite fighter's fighting. I hate that other guy. But it's we're trying to, guy. yeah, we try to bring up the knowledge of just how much it goes for them to just get in there and to respect both guys because martial arts isn't like that. Yeah. Fuck, to quote Will Ferrell, take some fucking juicy plums to get in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, and it's even, not even just the UFC, it's down to the Wollongong Wars show. It's the first fight of the Wollongong Wars, which you... You guys, yeah, I mentioned yeah, that, eh? Yeah, but that's I when I first... first was, really? Yeah. That's it, there yeah. you go. But I, was, like them. I was about 12 kilos heavier than <laughs> that terrible air kind of did not suit me at all, just auction in the middle of the ring. But it's funny, because actually, there's a point I was going to bring up at some point during the pod. We both interviewed Colby Thickness. Yes. Right, yeah. And yeah. that's the first time I ever was introduced to Colby I didn't yep. didn't meet him personally but I watched him fight and I spoke with him about it on the show he got fucking head kicked oh, yeah into yeah. next century Honestly. and somehow bounced oh, back oh. I thought fuck this guy's out so did we it was and it was a it was a good shot it was yeah. a great, oh, great shot yeah and he bounced back to his feet and 
dominated the bloke mm. for three rounds. And I was like, that guy is a baller. <laughs> that dude's a savage, man. Such a savage. And, and he's the nicest yes, dude. Nicest guy that's man. what we were nicest talking about. Dude. If you walk past Colby in the street, you oh. might not think he's a skinny, sort of nice, really like soft-spoken dude. He'll fuck you up. Yeah, he <laughs> if you start, he'll fuck you up, man. He does security on the side too. Yeah. So people probably like these big marauders come in, don't think much of him, but they don't realize like what danger they're in mm. being in the same room. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Live killer. There. But he'll never, uh, he'll never initiate the fight as well. Actually, so, yeah, I'm so nice. Go back on that too. When you were saying like your dad, your dad was in all those situations and stuff. He yeah. never ever would have been like never yes. ever started. That. Never the initiator. Never the yeah. initiator, but always yeah. ready to you know calm yeah. the situation down. I love that. Yeah, I love it. It's you know we spoke about it before and it's. I think that humbleness, it's, it's funny because I want to I wanna touch on one thing. I want this to be a two-pointed topic here. Yeah. We spoke about jiu-jitsu and like I said, I'm looking from the outside in as something that makes me really curious where I love, and it's the same with Taekwondo, like my dad would have gone through as a kid when he began and there's that grading system. Yes. And with that grading system, you're only as good as a belt that's wrapped around you. You can be fantastic as a white belt or a blue belt or a brown belt, black belt, whatever. Yeah. But that belt humbles you. It, yeah. it gives you your stance and your position and regardless of whether you're a blue belt who can compete with a black belt yeah. you still have that level of respect for those guys that have come before you that have yeah. spent mm. their time that have paid grafted to exactly yeah. right mm. paid their dues and they're the guys that you respect 100 percent. don't we have a system like that in boxing I always it's ask so my, strange yeah, eh? i don't know what it is but i ask my coach too and <coughs> i find like you said that's what helps me too because you like we talked about earlier with your self-doubt i'm putting that white belt on and um, I don't know what level I'm, you know, I'm trusting my coach who's a black yeah. belt to know what I'm at. And when you get that stripe, you have that in your heart. You're like, I know you I, earned worked, it. I earned this, you know, mm. I worked for this. And then as you work up and you get your blue belts and stuff, whereas in, yeah, like we said, in boxing, you don't, like your coach can say, good, give you a pat on the back, but you don't know where, you know, where, he's, you, where you stand yeah. or if you're it's, at that level or it's, you know, it's a bit harder to gauge. You yeah. often find at the start, your incline goes, because you don't know anything, your incline goes up like this and then you come to a plateau. Yes. Pretty quickly, and then you think because there's no grading system in boxing, you're thinking, man, I'm getting, I'm getting worked out here. Yeah. yeah. And then John Kavanagh talks about it, Conor McGregor's coach, and you, you go on like this for a certain time, and then you just go bang. You hop just up. Yeah. I feel it. I'd, I would love to see some sort of grading system from amateur to professional, but I don't know. I feel like you kind of feel it in a way. Yeah. You feel when yeah. you you go up to the next level. Yeah. And I think you can go one or two ways as well. When you walk into a gym, in terms of like. People can go in there and they realise their shit. Everyone realises their shit when they first yeah. go in there. And a lot of people can get turned away at that. 100%. They just think, oh, it's not for me, man. Boxing's not for me. And it goes one or two ways. You either like that and you go, no, nah, I, I can't box. I can't do this. It's not for me. And then you just talk shit about it, hate on it, whatever. Mm. Or the second way, you go, fuck, I suck at this. I want to get better at it. Yeah, well, that was yeah. our personality with it. <laughs> we were so out of our depth, man. I was yeah. like... I know nothing, so I'm going to put all of my being into it and try and grow and get better at this. But the amount of people we've seen, our mates come to the gym one session, you get you, you get hit or you can't hit someone that's smaller than you or whatever, they're like, nah, I'm over it. Like, yeah, there's a lot of excuses sort of, but yeah, that's what, it's two ways. You either go with it or you just get out that's of it. That's what we're trying to get out of it too as well. Like, a lot of people would, I did personally before I walked into a gym, you think, you think like... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just the amount of effort you've got to put in to get to that black belt and stuff. People are scared to start that journey and they think, mm. oh, I can't, I, you know, I can never get there, but everyone can. That's the beauty. Like, jiu-jitsu works for everyone. Boxing mm. too. Like, if you put the time in, we interviewed Sam Goodman, actually. He's a up-and-comer yep. from our area. Um, and I asked him, 
like as a personal question because I'm not naturally gifted in any way. And I said to him, I said, well, did you just walk in and you were just piecing everyone up like a Deontay Wilder? Or, and he goes, no. He goes, I had no skill at all. I just put hours and hours and look where he is now. He's on his way to yeah. you know, Australian titles. And it's just about putting that work in and just keeping on going. That's kind of what our mantra is. We just want more people to try it and just stick with it, you know? It's funny because, you know, I can relate to that from a running point of view. Yeah. Like, people look at me now and when I started running, which was back, you know, I don't think you ever start running. You kind of always throughout your life, you know, how to yeah. run and to move. But I hadn't run for like six years. Started running with the Active Boys crew. I remember before I'd done my first 5K, I thought, fuck, I've got to do like a trial run before I rock up on yeah. Sunday. So I tried to do 2Ks, about 800 metres in. I was like, this is fucking shit. <laughs> I'm, like, I was like, this stuff's fucked. Like, I'm just going for the social thing. Yeah. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you just like, for me, it was having purpose to run for the marathon because yeah. we yeah, announced the marathon for charity. And then purpose just fueled progress. Yes. Yeah. Fuck, isn't it an infectious feeling oh. when you feel yourself getting better yeah. at something? And the better you get, the more time you put into it. 100%. You just start to love it. Like, 100%. it becomes a passion. And mm. you've always got that goal you can chase. You've got to go, you want to get to here. Like, if you're running, you've got, you know, a certain amount of kilometres and at a certain time. When mm. jiu-jitsu, you want to get to that next stripe or that mm. next belt. Yeah, you've got things to look forward to. I think it's such a healthy thing in life to have. Like, <clears throat> we're always looking like, oh, I can't wait to get my blue belt. can't wait to get my purple belt. Where <clears throat> people that might not have that in their life, they've got nothing to look forward to, you know? And I wish, yeah. I know from that, from me being like that, like... <clears throat> no purpose. In no sense. purpose in a way, like... And I didn't know, you know, what's on the weekend, I don't know, you know, like you didn't have something to look forward to. And now I've just got this, you know, drive. purpose, yeah, this drive to get somewhere, you know? You know what I think explain. too? I think, you know, I know, I know for me as an individual, and, and I'll speak individually here and see if you guys agree, mm. but I love the idea of having a coach. Yes. yes. Someone that guides you, someone that, you know, because you don't always know best. And, and that's the beauty about learning something new. Like I had the, the pleasure of working with Benny Seymour throughout my run prep last year. And Benny and I have become great mates in the process and respect that guy like a brother. He's done so much for me. But to have his guidance and to have someone who kind of tailors the, and sort of like paves the path for you mm. to, to move along and to follow and to learn from and to put your own ego aside at times. Because I think we all need someone that says, hey, yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Or hey, All the time. you're being a bit lazy here yes. or you're lacking discipline here. 100%. You need to you need to push yourself or step up and you know, it's funny talking to my brother in law, shout out to Cal, big Cal yeah, McLennan, yeah. one of America. the most humble <laughs> Hey, there you go, mate, you've never told me that one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's yeah. too he's too humble. Yeah. Um and he talks about it where he's done some coaching in some of the kids' classes yeah. at Gracie and you know, Cal's been doing it for a few years now, but he said he feels like his knowledge is far greater than where it used to be. Yeah. Mm. Like obviously as you begin, yeah. you know, you start with very little knowledge, you acquire so much over time. But he said, as a coach, then you really realize how little you know. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then he said, as opposed to where, um, is, is it Marcus yeah. that coaches yeah. you guys out there at Shaw Harbour? And he goes, when Marcus can just look at me and say one thing and yeah. I'm like, okay, now I've got it. Yes. And it's just that knowledge that's acquired yeah. over time. And I think we all need a teacher or like a mentor yeah. or a or coach. A role, role model in a sense. A hundred percent. Especially good. especially in martial arts when you know like both of our coaches, they could just fuck us up. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like even Big Cow, Big Cow's a monster, like he's he's huge and then you got Marcus, he's like sixty five kilos, whatever. And just knowing that guy has so much knowledge and he could just destroy you anytime he wants. Yeah. And he chooses to teach you and bring you up, it's yeah. just 
tumbling. It is, like, and back to that as well, like you said, you don't realise, but they're watching everything. You might not realise that they're watching you, but they know, he's got a, you know, nearly upwards of 200 students, maybe more, I don't know the exact yeah. numbers, but he knows every single one of them, he knows all their personalities, he knows, you know, in the same as like with mm. your coach, he knows when you're being a little bit lazy, 100%. when you can run a bit further, a little bit faster, like, yeah. they know you and it's like, like you said, it's nice to know, they want to see you succeed too, it's nice to yeah. know you've got someone in your corner. 100. 100%. Awesome. Uh, we've got to come, we've got to come for one of your active boys. 100%. Yeah. 100%, <laughs> you know, the crew, the crew is so good and it's growing like crazy, you know, fucking a lot of shout outs here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, shout out to the we boys, the you know, Jared and Dill, those guys have created Literally what was an idea for them to get off a piss on Saturday nights and mm-hmm. like that encouragement just to be up early and to change their life has become a way of life for so many people. And, and yeah, it's similar with any sport. I've watched myself walk in there and come out a different person. I've watched, you know, because I went through a period. I was a guy growing up and you know, I'll give props to my younger self. Growing up, I was a sporting savage. Yeah. Seven days a week I trained and I trained viciously. Always want to be better. So hungry to, to grow, to learn, to, you know, I sprinted a lot as a kid and done a lot of beach athletics and sprinting tournaments. And I love training and I love leveling up. And I hit this point at probably, I think my, my downfall was walking into a commercial gym yes. and trying to, you know, I was a PT at the time and you know, fresh face, like 16, 17 year old, trying to build muscle. Yeah. And it just wasn't for me. Yeah, and We're the same. I think it was just chasing this superficial look or this way of looking good, mm-hmm. and that representing that you'll somehow fit or healthy. But yeah. it's it's so different, and and you know I missed that competitive edge that I had for so many years because I wasn't competing in something and I wasn't being challenged by yeah. competitors around me yeah. or people around me. And I found that when I you know I probably went for like a good seven years there where I was doing things, but I wasn't necessarily ever put myself in a position where I was like knuckling down on training mm. or consistent in one thing for a long time yeah. until I found that running again. Mm. And it changed, it changed my life for, well, for the better. It's just a passion for it as well. Which 100%. We were, we were in love with footy. Like we were mm. footy, footy, footy. And then towards the end, like I couldn't get myself out of the house to go training. I hated it. Yeah. I yeah. hated everything of it. Like, and then, yeah, we started martial arts and that's when we sort of fell out of love with it. And now we're keen every day, five yeah, days a week, I we're think training. what we love so much about martial arts is, we are talking about it earlier, you're getting fit. It's fitness. You're, you're growing your health, your physical health, but you're also learning at the same time. Mm. It stimulates your brain. And 100%. we all know exercise is good for your brain, releasing endorphins, but I think that's why we get so addicted to it because, you, like you said, the ranking system and you're yeah, growing. Yeah, you getting better. Yeah, you're learning and... In that moment when you're training, that's all you're thinking about. Mm. Yeah. You're not thinking about if you're, say you, you're going through a bad stage. You might be some depressed or whatever. You or your mind's just going through the roof. That's all you're thinking about. But when you're in that gym, the martial arts gym, all you're thinking about is training at that point in time. Yeah. Mm. Don't get fucking worrying about this dude out. trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On that, it's the group mentality too. Everyone's there. Like it's very selfish sport in a way because you're there by yourself. You've got no one mm. to blame but yourself. But it's such a team environment that everyone is there to help you. Like mm. They might have little tricks that they've found from other gyms and, that, and everyone's more than happy to help. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they want to see you succeed and it's nice to have that. I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's really, really good. It's humbling. And you, you wouldn't expect it from a martial arts gym. That's, a, that's, that's what, what we're what trying to break the down the stig- stigma off. Yeah. I've got to say, you know, I walked into, when I walked into NGC, which is now Fightworks, shout yeah. out to that crew, great yeah. lads and very smart guys. Uh, Mitch Brisbane, the owner of that now, and formerly Brian as well. Yeah. Um, 
I walked in there and there's a little bit of nerve because yeah. I, I'm yeah. a really confident, outgoing guy. Yeah. So I feel like I can walk in any, in, into anywhere and be super confident. But yeah. when you're walking into somewhere where you don't have a skill set, yeah. you're a fucking pure rookie. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a little bit nervous here because, you know, I don't know how I'm going to fit into this yeah. crew. Mm. I don't know how I'm going to handle this training. But I've never, ever been so wrong. But oh. you walk into a martial arts gym and there are no egos because mm. they very quickly are found and driven out. Yes. They're either driven out or they say, hey, fucking humble yourself. Yeah. And you're here now to learn. Yep. You're not here to be a dickhead. 100%. And, you know, got to give credit to, to all of the coaches, the mentors, the, the yeah. senseis, whatever we call them, yeah. within our certain gyms or setups that... I tell you what, they, they seem to know how to create a culture. Good, yeah, Hell good yeah. environment. And that's another thing too. The first thing you think of is you want to get fit is, the, like you said, a commercial gym. You go to the gym. A lot of people don't like it. Or a lot of people say to us, like, they feel funny going in there because there's a lot of egos. And that's generalizing. It's obviously not all gyms. But, like, yeah. generalizing these big guys. And you've got to, you know, you feel, like, intimidated. There's yeah. a lot of intimidation. And then they go, well, if the commercial gym's like that, imagine what a fighting gym, like exactly. jiu-jitsu or yeah. boxing or something, but they don't realise. And that's the stigma we're trying to break down. Like, 100%. we thought that too. We were the exact same. It took us four mm. or five years to step foot in a gym. Mm. And since that day, we couldn't, like, it's the best thing that we've ever done. And we, we just hope that we can change that for so many people out there. Please, that many people in Wollongong that, you know, are the same. They're scared to walk yeah. into that gym. And we'll say, come with us to the first class we'll take yeah. you to Gracie you can do free lessons a lot of places will let you do a week's trial for free and yeah. just walk in and see what it's like I promise you it's not what you think it is it's, it's really it's just starting it's, it's the just, same and I feel like a lot of people live with they, they want something they want to do something and it might be a change of career path like going and starting the podcast you might want to do something so bad so bad and it's just about starting and it's never, it's never as bad as what you think or it's yeah exceeds your hardest part is that first step well yeah, yeah shout out Jocko Willink actually I was reading his book this morning and it's the same thing he just said go like yes, no matter yeah. everyone don't research just go do it and then you'll see 100% you 100% agree you know I'm, like I said I'm someone who's never walked into a jiu jitsu gym but you've got to come though yeah I, have, I, honestly, I honestly have to because I'm, I'm fascinated by the sport and, and the way it moves and I found myself lately like I, it was actually the first time I ever watched him or come across him was his UFC debut, Crone mm. Gracie. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and, then, <laughs> yeah. and I, I found myself like, then like, oh, fuck, I'm fascinated by this guy. And I think I knew the Gracie name, you know, yeah. obviously, even as someone, like I said, who wasn't a fan of jiu-jitsu as such yeah. and always mm. enjoyed the striking elements yeah. of MMA, I found myself remembering back to those early moments in those UFC docos where we seen, you know, his family and that yeah. pedigree enter the ring and, you know, yeah. in the gi and yeah. like, it, it, looked, it was so foreign to the sport and, these guys towel up these big, you know, bulky strikers, yeah. and and back then the UFC it was so weird because yeah. it was just two completely different characters in yeah. there. I remember seeing Ken Shamrock running a pair of fucking speedos, <laughs> yeah. and, and just like yeah, and, and it's so weird. But then seeing that, and I remember researching him, and I'm fascinated by that dude. Have you watched right. his um that little mini doco, Munchies? No, I've yeah. seen sushi all the time. His, his diet and his routine is to say, how's this, right? So, Crone Gracie, if you don't know him, jiu-jitsu pedigree, and his family is basically the founding 100%. fathers of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Gracie's dad. And they reckon he's a badass. Yeah. So, so oh, cool. Yeah. And his day, right, so he wakes up, he eats very light, so he's a pescatarian, so he only mm, eats yeah. fish, he doesn't yeah. eat any meat or chicken. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he eats eggs too, I think. But he eats, like, basically vegetarian or vegan outside of, you know, 
um, a little bit of fish and eggs. So he wakes up, he has like two bits of toast. He goes and he does like his, his run and his swim and his bike. Like he trains a bit of triathlon stuff too yeah. for his endurance. And then he'll have like a little bit of like beans. Like he has the smallest meal, like literally you could mm. fit it in a cup. Yeah. And I'm like, I have like 10 of that at that <laughs> time, right? And then he has a bit of juice and then he goes. And basically his philosophy is he eats fuck all and really drinks fuck all until he's finished his jujitsu and his boxing work at night. Mm. Then he'll like rehydrate, mm. get a bit of sushi in because it's light. Then he has a massive breakfast burrito at like yeah. one, two in the morning. <laughs> it's and almost, he goes it's to almost bed. like he earns it. He tries to eat, he earns it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's that samurai mentality of like yeah. earning everything you get or yeah. where like I'm, the minute I finish a run, I'm like, oh, peanut butter and poachie's coming <laughs> yeah. my way. Like, it's really funny and it's, you know, he says he could probably train himself to eat or yeah. work out a different way, but it just kind of works for him. 100%. And it's so cool. Like, it it's so cool. interesting. It's funny, it's funny you say that about you eating after your runs and stuff because on the way here, or before, we'll at cows before we come and we're all just talking. We're like, fuck, man, I could go some breakfast. <laughs> and we knew we were coming here to eat breakfast yeah. with you and then we're just like, what are we talking about? Why are we having breakfast? Like, I almost, cows like, I almost woke up making pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, why are you making pancakes? We're about to go eat breakfast. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's just crazy. But um, Going back on that as well, the Gracie's actually developed a diet. It's called the Gracie diet. You can get it on, like you can actually get okay. it. So basically Helio, which is, oh, I'll get confused with, there's so many Gracie's, but mm. the grandfathers that started at Helio and Carlos. You had um, how many kids those dudes had? Yeah. What if they had 22 kids? Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many, even now, like Marcus, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been listening to, um, you know, such and such Gracie talking about this. And he's like, don't even, like, I don't know. There's too yeah. many of them to know yeah. whose dad was this person, that person. Anyway, um, yeah, everything they eat is so specialised to their jiu-jitsu training. Mm, and mm. A lot of Crohn's a good example because, like you said, they eat exactly only what's good for him and what works for them. And his dad, Hickson, which is like the jiu-jitsu goat, he also does a lot of breathing exercises and stuff. Say that. Crohn he does that as well. He's got a documentary called Breathe. You can watch it on YouTube. Really? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah Breathe, Hickson. And he does like, you see, you've probably seen the videos. The diaphragm one? Yes, yeah. the yeah. diaphragm. And he's, the way his stomach moves and they reckon like, Breathing is such a, probably obviously for running as well, and it's such a, like a dynamic thing that we don't think about. 90% of people don't do it properly as well. 100%. Yeah. People don't realise your nose is meant for breathing, your mouth's meant for eating, but how many people sit breathe and breathe out, breathe out their mouth? Like. Mm. You know what it is, right? And I've become fascinated with breathing through Wim Hof. Yeah. Exactly. And, and to be honest, I was, it made me aware of it, but it didn't make me do it, right? Yeah, I and I found myself in, in more recent times, actually, like we're talking about it before like coming through a bit of a stressful period to start the year where life's great but there's a few stresses around that i'm working my way through and you know sitting there and like when you're a bit stressed you think Fuck, i haven't taken a minute just to sit and relax here and breathe mm. so i started to implement a few protocols that i feel like relax me and allow me to become more conscious of where i'm at in the day mm. so of a morning i try not i put a podcast in i try not to look at my phone or be too yeah. visualized yeah. by it for yeah. the first few hours I go and do my run, I jump in the ocean, I have my coffee and I sit and I make my brekkie and while I'm doing that I read and put my phone away. But I find myself then, because I've not been stimulated by something all the time, exactly. I'm more focused on just getting some air in, mm. breathing. On yes. being present and Deep breathing. Yeah, and, and same of a night, like trying to do the same thing too, but don't you realise how funny it is? It's literally the only function that keeps, like it's the function that keeps you alive. Yes. It's yeah. the most important think of thing. The, the main fuel that you need to survive is oxygen and yeah. we just don't think you know about right. the way that we take it in. 100%. We think about the amount of protein we take in, fats, carbs, 
mm. the, the vitamins, the fruit, the veg, whether it's bad food or processed, but we just don't think about how we breathe. No, exactly. no one pays attention to it at all. And I find if I'm ever feeling anxious or stressed or, or something like that, all I do is breathe. Because yeah, I'm, I'm pretty into Wim Hof and, and yeah. cold therapy and shit like that as well. And all I do, if I'm feeling nervous or any, about anything, I'll, I just focus on my breath. Mm. And you don't realise, like, you don't need to take rest. Like, it's more about your exhale, have a deep exhale, and then you can sit there for 10, 20 seconds. If you've done the Wim Hof things, you can realise you hold your breath for, like, two and a half minutes without it. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's so, but it's such underrated thing that no one pays attention to. We've almost become really out of touch with our, our origins as mm. humans. Yeah. Hey, like, I was speaking about this with Cal and my sister Shania recently. They love to camp and they love to get yeah. out in the outdoors and... You know, I was a bit of a soft, soft real estate agent there for a bit where I got too comfortable sitting around in a suit yeah. or a nice pair of cozy chinos and sipping on too many lattes and you just become very comfortable living modern life mm. and I'm like now seeking opportunities to go and get away from technology, yeah. get into my own head a little bit, like, and, and seeing what, what I can work on internally to get the best out of myself and breathing and, and being physically able and fit and you know fighting is a big part of prehistoric nature too exactly. and that that adrenal rush and knowing that you need to fight to survive and hunt to survive and all of these things i just think it's fascinating diving into that and i find myself really mm. curious about it 100 well, and that's another thing why like you said there's some people that are into nfl there's some people into you know whatever they're into but everyone can get around fighting because it's in mm. our blood it's like it's a part Primitive. of nature like yeah. women back in the you know the day they looked for the big strong dude that was you know going to protect them and you yeah. know everything revolves around that all of us you look at like the old vikings and stuff and you're in awe of them because they were just so warriors man you love but when you look back at the roots of it it's the dominant strong confident guy you know when yeah. it's like you said someone walks into the room you're looking at them because they're the confident guy the big guy like you said about mike tyson mm. and that and it, i think that's why we can all get around Fighting, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think even on the opposite end of the spectrum, it's not always the biggest guy. It's the guy that's, that's, that's um, like that's a, so if you look at a lot of superheroes, like on the inside of my arm, I've got a statue of David. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like that story, overcoming greater yes. objects or overcoming mm. greater challenges. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, Captain America. Yeah. Great <laughs> example. It's just a small dude who is a little bit and, and transforms. And it's, yeah. you know, it's the same with like a guy like a Spider Man yeah. or whoever it yeah. is. We kind of like those underdog stories. Yeah. yeah. And well, the person who symbolizes strength but doesn't 100%. exactly look like, look like it. yeah so that's with jiu-jitsu that's there like the most like i've rolled with i don't want to use me as an example but say i'm like 70 kilos i've rolled with people 100 kilos mm. and you look at them you're like oh, man and then i've tapped him because like the skill it's not all power or strength yeah. or anything it's skill as well rogan but, talks about that yeah. doesn't he he says it's yeah. really the only form of martial arts where the smaller guy can really exactly. beat any bigger guy mm. if they don't have the skill. And have an advantage too. There's yeah. an advantage to it. Like yeah. same thing, you don't want to do any name draws, but we've got NRL players that come down and train with us yeah. and stuff. And you almost have an advantage, me rolling with them, because I'm smaller, I'm quicker, I'm, you know, they're yeah. obviously a lot stronger, but you've got that flexibility and stuff. And yeah, like you said, every body type can make it work. 100%. Yeah, there's, there's advantages to, to every, being smaller. every body type. There's advantages to being big, small, and applies to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, That's great, we encourage everyone to, to walk Fascinating. Well, right, let's dive into the pro side of it all. We spoke about it before. How exciting is the UFC right now? Man. Like it is. It's, it's literally insane how you can sit there and you can match make for days. You can almost be. You know, it's funny because Cal and I spoke about it before. Like 
we had to kind of get ourselves out of the routine of like being too excited by every fight because yes. mm. you just never spend any time outside the house. Like, yeah. I'd sit there and just watch fights for days. That's what That's we us. do. We're <laughs> in <laughs> such an excited. It's your, it's your job. Yeah. Mate. It's your job. That's yeah. the excuse. It's our job. You know. <laughs> um, it's it's unmatched though. Like we said off camera, it's unmatched for excitement. Like even compared to boxing, like I know we box five mm. days a week, but it's. It's unmatched. Nothing matches the excitement of the Raw MMA combat, fight. man. And mm. the way they promote the fights, it like Storylines. anyone that fights Habib, you think they're gonna be the guy to beat Habib. Like Justin mm. Gaethje, all these We were guys, convinced they you sure yeah. of it. That's a bad boy, yeah. Yeah. You just think and the way they build them up, it's so entertaining. And I think it's just the way it's evolved in the last ten years. It's just remarkable and to it, see. It's as other thing as well, like if say the dragons come out and play a game and they've got a, they have a bad game, whatever, they've always got next week to come back. Yeah. These guys have, you know, a few months to sit and think. And sometimes mm-hmm. years before they get another exactly. chance to be a big fight or your favourite fighter, Darren Till. He's played Till, with, he's yeah. such a good fighter. I love Till A. He's, he's the man. champion, but he did his knee with the Rob Whitaker fight and then he's just broken his foot. And then so he's every time he goes to come back, so you don't know when that's what you have to sit down and watch that fight because mm. If you miss the last two fight, who knows when he's coming back? And you know? so it's the way it makes you feel as well. Like two examples yeah. I can think of was Francis Ngano versus Rosenstreak. Oh. We were we were I so nervous. We had if we had a camera, I think it was twenty seconds. He knocked him out. We were jumping, <laughs> hugging him. And then on the other side, Conor McGregor uh, at the start of the year gets knocked mm. out. We're in silence. And Rob Whitaker, we went and watched Nothing. at two forty eight in Melbourne. Adesanya, we love him too, but watching Rob Whitaker get knocked out, the feeling like inside you, it's just like it's insane. It's Where if the Roosters lose, I'm a Roosters fan as well. Yeah, like it's it hurts, but then they're playing next week, sort of yeah. thing. It's like last week's fight, you yeah, know, right. Usman Burns. Yeah, exactly. Like you see, everyone was talking about and a lot of Usman's training partners were saying, and well, both of their training partners mm. were saying Burns is he's got the edge. He's yeah. got the edge. Yeah. Luckily, and you see him strike him in that yeah, first yeah. round, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this could be over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like then all of a sudden. the promotion of it, we, me and Bo were on Burns' is nuts. We thought he, well, like, we thought he was the guy. Well, in the jiu-jitsu world, he is the That's guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's the man. And we were, we were sure, like, he's going he's gonna to get it done. And then you see Usman go through some adversity. I think it's, that was Usman's, we touched on it in our podcast. It's his best performance for the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Go through some adversity and come back out the other side, like an underdog story, like we talk about. Well, it's the most attractive. To and people. when when you're so dominant, like Habib, and that it's kind of you get complacent with it. You know, oh, you know, you're not you're not as invested. Oh, obviously, mm. when you get to a certain point, but with Kamara, everyone's saying he's boring. He's just a foot stomper and stuff. Mm. And for him, like you said, to go through it, it's good to see. Well, Habib. I don't think any athlete is. Uh, he and here's my always my argument for goat status, right? You can't be the goat until you've been tested. Exactly. Yeah. That's my thing because mm. character's a big part of it. Yes. And we've seen it with Conor McGregor, right? Yeah. Where he rips through the UFC. Mm. But the minute he cops that shot. Yeah. Yeah. And Gives like, the min- you remember that first Diaz fight? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where he cops that shot and you go, he's Hang rocked. Yeah. yeah. He's human. How does he respond to this? Yeah. And he doesn't respond that well. That's right. Yeah. And it's he's the demeanor. Actually, there was one in the fight last weekend or the weekend before, Usman and Burns. In that fight, Burns come out, rocked him. You see in his eyes, man, he's going. And then he gets hit with that shot, and his demeanor just was gone. And it was like two different fights. And then he was like, Tim, it's, it's wild, man. I think, I think that's why everyone gravitates toward GSP in that GOAT conversation. 100%. He's bounced back. He's had two 
losses to Matt Sarah, Matt Hughes, and his adventure. Mm. And we've seen how he come through adversity. He lo- he got cut from the UFC after his first loss, come back, and then goes. He's lost again, and, and then he's won. Avenge both fights. I love George, yeah. man. He's right. just. I think, you know, you could, you could probably have a similar argument for me. If you talk goat, it's I always say. For, you know, it's it's hard to question Khabib, like we said, yeah, yeah. what he's done, but. I always say GSP Jones. Yeah. yeah. Both guys are so well-rounded. 100%. And so well-rounded. Both on um, opposite sides of the spectrum. Like, if you look at outside, like, GSP, pure martial artist. Yeah. yeah. And then Jones all is out of the cage. I think nonsense. that's... Yeah. <laughs> he's a perfect role model for... GSP is a perfect role model for the true martial artist. He was mm. bullied as a kid. So, he's, you know, his parents put him into... I love his voice, too. I, yeah. I was bullied as a yes. kid. <laughs> Are you intoxicated? Like yeah. <laughs> and just like you said, goes through adversity and becomes, you know, UFC yeah. champion. Well, that's how I get my favourite fighters, I've noticed. Like, when they lose and how they come back. That's why I love Rob Whitaker so much. He's so humble, but mm. then you've got, like, John Tay Wilder. He's got every <laughs> excuse in the book. Show, yeah. He doesn't handle that loss well. I used to like Wilder, and now I'm like, oh... Anthony Joshua on the same thing. Mm, he loses and he's back. Yeah. yeah. They come back and, and through the adversity, you, you sort of learn who they are. You know what? And I think you you gravitate to personalities and, and that sort of thing because mm. it mimics certain moments in our life. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because off the back of... I had, I've had a bit of a weird time the first few months of this year. Post-marathon, right? That was the best day of my life. Yeah. It was a high of life. It felt like 24 years of my life amounted to that one moment. Mm. And if you don't know my story and you're listening to this, you go, what the fuck, mate? You just run yeah. a marathon, get over it. But for me, it was like years of health struggles and, so and things to get there and to have my family with me and my dad next to me on my bike and to mm. get in and see my mum, my sister, you know, their, you know, their partners and, and all my mates around me and everyone rallying around me at the end there. But there was definitely that moment where, you know, 35Ks and I'm like, okay, I'm in a lot of pain now. And mm-hmm. I crammed at 26Ks. Uh, yeah. And I laughed because I was like, oh, I got a day ahead of me. But I'm kind of glad I did because people say, you know, the last month I had, that, I had a bleed in the lungs, a little issue in my calf, and I had gout. Yeah. And people go, do you wish you had a perfect prep? And I'm like, I kind of don't because at the time you think, oh, I wish this prep was perfect. But it makes for the story and it shows you what you're made of. And now I found it hard that like without a marathon coming up until October now, I'm like, what's that next what's, challenge? Yeah, yeah. Because I live for those moments. I think once you've had them, you live for them. Yeah. And you understand what a fighter must feel when he walks out and hears that crowd roar. Yeah. Or what he must feel when he hits the deck and he's got to quickly pick himself back up. Like I had moments 40Ks in. But I was just all over the <laughs> shop. There's a video of me running through puckies and it looks like I had 40 schooners. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. even drink, but it looks like I had 40 schooners. Yeah. And like, I've never run a day in my life. Like, I was in bad shape. Are you building a house or looking at improving your existing property? If so, you'll need good trades to get the job done. Zach Critcher Tiling specialises in all aspects of wall and floor tiling. They cover bathrooms, splashbacks, main floor areas, outdoor tiling, waterproofing and stonework. So please call 0412-988-315 and find the links to their socials in the show notes. But then you hit that point where you, you come out of that and you move and seeing me move that last K, like I can watch that time and time again because... You realise that there's something inside of you that 
that has that will to survive, that will mm. to thrive. If you just push through the pain, yeah. and it's the same with fighting. <clears throat> Joe Rogan talks on that too a lot. Doing something that you don't need to do. You don't need to go out there and do the and run. We don't need to go to training. But there's something about putting yourself through hardship is so good for your mental health. And like you said, having something to look forward to mm. as well. It's mm. it's so underrated. You can't explain how you know what it means to have mm. something to look forward. And doing to. that hard stuff makes it easier next time. Yes. So when you're going through that, you know you can get through and it. Also, sort of thing. not doing it makes it easier to not do. Yes. The next yes. time. So. Yeah. If I miss training on Monday, I'm like, oh, a bit tired. Tuesday comes, oh, I can miss Tuesday. Yeah. Exactly. But if you go Monday, then Tuesday, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to keep and going. like you said, you learn about yourself, you know that you can go, like our boxing coach does it too. And it's the worst thing. I hate him for it at the time. <laughs> he goes, one last round and you are done. You like, put it all. Like, this is it. Go as hard as you can. One last round. You finish it like, thank God. He goes, all right, one more round. You've gone. And thinking you've asked it. You've asked it, but you can always push through. And then when you finish that, he goes, all right, run five laps of the, the gym. Yeah. yeah. And you always do it. You, well, you, that's think, what, you think you can't, but you've always, like you said, you can always push through and it's good to know that about yourself. For sure. And that's exactly what we were talking about before we come here, David Goggins. Cow, because you were watching yeah. his podcast with Rogan, of course, and um, he talked about he did a hundred, you know, done the hundred mile race over mm. eight weekends, eight in a row, and he says his last mile was his, his quickest mile, was his quickest mile out of the hundred. And it shows how much you have in the reserve that you don't tap into. Yeah. It's funny you say that, right? One guy that I followed a little bit through my run prep journey was a guy from Sydney, Ned Brockman, who yeah. sort of was, oh, I, can't, I don't even know how he come to my attention. I think it was through um, Hannah Leonard who ran with it. She'd done a couple of runs with him. And he was on a journey to do 50 marathons in 50 days wow. whilst working as an electrician on site. Wow. Right? So insane. He's getting up really early. We're doing them late in the Arvo and... Yeah, marathon's a big feat to do Hell that every yeah. day now this guy had a running background like he's not a pro runner but he's done some big runs and I was listening to him on a podcast two days before my mara because I was like I just want to get in that headspace mm. and he ran his first two and he said the third marathon it was I think four and a half hours which was slower than mine right, right? and that kind of shocked me yeah. because I was like oh and he's like but then at a certain point of time, like he's like, and then I'm starting to think, I need to pace up a bit here because yeah. if they're taking me four and a half hours every day, I'm going to be fucked. Like yeah. I'm not going to have time or I'm going to run out of juice. But then eventually, um, shout out to fucking Duke Caddy <laughs> out the back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's about as good as James um, Mullen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and I realised that like, <clears throat> he said there was a certain point in time where he was in pain and he had tears all over and his mantra was like, if it's not broken, you can probably run on it. Yeah. But he goes, at a certain point in time, your body just adapts. And it's like the flip of a switch. Yeah. Mm. And all of a sudden, you're getting quicker, you're getting faster, you're getting stronger. And to prove that, he ran the last one sub three hours. Wow. Which is quick. It's four minute, 15 Ks. Yeah. I can't and, even do over two Ks. Oh, insane, <laughs> insane, right? Yeah, that's and insane. Quick. And it just proves that theory that if you put yourself in that position enough times, you will 100% adapt and get better. You just have to be willing to go through the pain and push Mm. the excuses aside. And we said it as well before. Once you've got that discipline, you know whether you're fooling yourself or not. Like I know now that if I go, okay, I'm a little bit in a bad place, I shouldn't be running today. I know it's coming from me understanding my body, yeah. Yeah. not from me wanting to be lazy because I look forward to the hard work now. Yeah. Exactly. Like I've done eight weeks of running 20Ks every Wednesday. 
So I know what it feels like to go through the pain and to become comfortable and, and excited for that. Mm. Um, you know, and it's it's funny. I just love mentally testing myself now. It's built like mm. this infectious spirit for like yeah. wanting to chase that challenge. Like exactly. you said, it's all about doing things you don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. And if you do yeah. it over and over, then it just becomes easier and easier. And not being discouraged by one bad that's experience yeah. either. Yeah. That's the biggest thing we want to get across. Like, and yeah. you, you probably got a lot of inspiration after listening to that guy in Sydney before your marathon. And 100%. And it's funny because for me, like with that last month being a bit of a muck around, like prep wasn't perfect. And we'd planned to run another 30 mm. or, or a 35er probably yeah. three four weeks out from the event which got scrapped because of my issues mm. that's right yeah, so yeah. i'd run probably six or seven weeks out from the event a 30k and it was so tough <laughs> i mentally got him i ran with my mate jet jones and jet's a young whippersnapper like he's 19 and i think jet's strava log like his whole run journey a month out from the marathon was he ran was six weeks out he ran a, a 30k with me a 5k about two weeks later <laughs> a 20k and then a 5k and no. he went into a marrow like the guys are not savage but That's we ran the 30 together and i remember we were running we took a different route we're like oh we'll change it up so we ran through the hills in kiraville near the uni here in wollongong and um i was thinking oh god this elevation's not going too good on the legs i feel a bit sore here and we got we're out on, on the high the old highway the princess highway like running past the car yards and Maccas out at oh, Ferry Meadow. Yeah. And Jack goes, what are we, about 20 in? I looked down at my watch and I go, 12. <laughs> and just then it like it mentally defeated yeah, me. Yeah, and yeah. the rest of that run, that next 18 case, I was in my head. Mm. Yes. And so I think, you know, to my next point, surrounding yourself with people who are extremely motivating yes. and accountable you're accountable to yeah. so mm. we were out there on the marathon day and i was lucky i had jet with me that day for the 30 because it would have been a struggle by myself but out on the marathon day we had for the first 28 k's that first two laps unbelievable height mm. like shout out to joe plum joe plum yeah. was like just leading a chant the whole way oh, like so. getting all the boys yelling screaming laughing singing and the boys and the girls and you know, it was it was so good, but I think after lap two, everyone was like, "Okay, I need to get myself through this." Yeah. And yeah. Everyone sort of gets a little quieter, yeah. zones in a little bit, and but yeah, it's a great feeling to overcome challenges. Mm. But let's talk let's talk UFC at the moment. You know, so many exciting matchups to happen. You know, Hell I know yeah. you guys have favorite fighters matchups you'd like to see. Um, like I said, if you're tuning into this, we're recording this on the 20th of Feb, so. We've had a few very exciting weeks of fighting mm. um, to kick off 2021. What are the matchups you'd like to see? And, and let's talk about some of the exciting divisions within the, you know the what? UFC. I think the next month of fights, March, is just going to be amazing. The best. And all the fights we talk about that we want to see are honestly all happening. Volko and Ortega, Francis mm. and Stipe. Yes. All the belts are on the line. Adesanya um, becoming double champ. Yeah. If you're and into it's just... <laughs> I feel like there's so many storylines this year. Like, Let's jump into quickly there. You said Francis Stipe. Yes. Mm. How do you see that going? Bro, we're super biased. We're, <laughs> we're the we biggest Francis. Francis. So we love him. Um, and following his journey, like if you listen to him on Joe Rogan. I haven't yet. I recommend, man. Recommend, yeah. listen to that. Me his too. life story that he's gone through. <clears throat> he hasn't been training for that long. So when he's gone into that first, he's just knocking everyone out. And he's gone into this first fight a little bit cocky. He stopped training with his coach, like his main coaches, Dewey Cooper and stuff. Started thinking he had it all made. Um, mm. I was coming heavier than usual as well. Um, not heavier, same weight, 
but like not the right way, if that makes mm. sense, didn't cut down properly. And yeah, thought he was gonna walk out and knock him out like everyone else. So if you watch the fight, you can see him throwing just looping shots and obviously Stipe is a pedigree boxer, evaded everything. But now that he's had that, and then he went through that stage, I don't know if you watched the Derek Lewis fight, it was 15 Gun minutes, sure. how many punches through, it was something yeah, like that. It was that. so boring. Yeah. So boring. And yeah. it was just, he was, Derek Lewis had a bad back, so he couldn't throw, but um, Francis was so in his own head because he had that loss, he was scared of gassing out and stuff. Mm. He's corrected all those issues he had in the Stipe fight, and I honestly mm. think that he can get it done. Honestly, so and like mm. we said, hopefully, not hopefully he does, but like, for the division, we got Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis this weekend, number one contender fight. But if Stipe, Stipe wins. wins, he's going to have another year off until he's back. He's always taken a lot of time. We've got Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis there. John Jones is coming into the class now. Yeah. When like when are we going to see these matchups? Whereas if Francis wins, he's fighting every three months. We can mm. get imagine you know Francis Johnny Bones. That's the fight. If I can make any fight, that's it. And then you've got or the, Adesanya Jones. If, yeah. if Jan, if um Izzy can beat Jan and becomes double champ, and then Jones somehow gets the belt in heavyweight, imagine you know the first triple mm. champ. Um, is he going up to heavyweight? Here's the thing, right? With so with that fight, I'm I'm, I'm so excited by the idea of a Jones Izzy fight. Like I mm. think we've seen. Yeah. Brendan Shaw spoke about on on I think it was on Food Truck where yeah. he said you don't actually realise how big Izzy is until mm. he's standing next to you. Yeah. And he's quite a lean guy. Mm-hmm. But he's not really interested in getting too much bigger. Like he wants to stay lean and hey, sharp right. because, you know, he's a if if you've only really tuned into Izzy's MMA career, like go back and watch his kickboxing yeah. fights. Yeah. That guy is just a highlight reel and a yeah, half. And like him against Jones. Excites me so much. Like two guys who are so well rounded in their in their stand up skills. Yeah. You're gonna get elbows. You're gonna get kicks, knees, not just punches and a few leg kicks. Like those guys can yeah. throw it from any direction. It's probably gonna be the biggest fight ever. But I, and I hate. I love that Izzy's going up to be double champ. There's a perfect scenario. So if Jones, I mean Izzy goes up, beats Jan Blahovic. Jones goes up, beats the winner of Stipe and Francis. Then you got a champ first champ. Izzy. As a light heavyweight versus Jones as a heavyweight. Do you think that happens though? Like in in my head, I go, will Izzy take that step to heavyweight? You think? I think. Well, he has. Or would Jones come back down, regain his title at light heavyweight, and go, well, I'm double champ holding both belts? Because I feel like that's more favoured towards Izzy then. Yeah. I just think Jones, you know. If he's up at that heavyweight and and he he can put muscle on like if you've seen his yeah, brothers, bro. yeah. that man's his, got the genetics. His Instagram lately, he's yoked at the moment. Bro. He he's looks big. Bro. Even Izzy's looking a little yeah, bit yeah. fuller. Yeah, he's looking fuller. I have to agree with you there, but he has fought he has fought at heavyweight before in kickboxing. So okay, he, I didn't and, know that. And he hasn't doesn't put the weight on, so he just goes in as a leaner. Obviously, there's limits, so you have to weigh two oh six. Okay. Um, Wait, yeah, 206 to like he doesn't have to cut I, that much I to get thought the he looked, he almost looks like he walks around pretty similar to what he fights at. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, I think he does. He I think he w- walks at about 210 or something, okay. cuts to 185, which like is out not, of camp. Yeah, out of camp. I, mean. I tell you what, but, yeah. aside from the skill set, I could not be a fighter because I 
I hate to just control the diet, eh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's our right. that's our biggest thing. We've got hundred percent struggling rise. I'm the biggest chocolate eater of all time. <laughs> oh, I had that much chocolate at Mum's house last oh, night. Right. So I love it. Even just cutting down to our we've got some comps coming up for jiu jitsu and um I've only got to cut like two or three kilos. But it's like such a mental battle because I'm just such a foodie. Hundred oh, percent. It's yeah, the fight uh, before the fight. <laughs> you know our boys? Start training for a marathon. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I was eating so much food last year and I lost 12 kilos. Wow. 12 kilos. I went from 88 to 76. Yeah. Wow. And I'm about 80 now. I'm sitting about 80. I was 79 this morning. Before yeah. That's before a big brekkie here. But I find I, I comfortably now sort of sit around that 79 to 80 and a half mark. Mm. But I'm, I eat just, I can't stop eating. That's you know, right. so that's, that's another thing I give credit to these guys. Like, Imagine cutting, you know, 10, 15 pounds, yeah. even more in some guys' cases. Some guys, yeah. Listening to what Al Jermaine walks around in Bro, off he season. Cuts so and then, much. My God. I know. How insane. could you feel good? I know. Yeah. Going in there and taking, well, Gilbert Burns is a perfect example. When he was fighting that 155, he was killing himself to get down. Like, at every shot he was getting hit with, he was getting buzzed. So, yeah. Brain, your brain's 80% water, so you're dehydrating your brain. And your brain um, thrives on fat. Exactly like, yeah. right. Your brain so is just fat. fat, yeah. So um, you get hit once, boom, like they're starting to rattle. Now that he's at 170, he can eat those shots a bit better. So yeah, yeah there's a science to it. It's insane. Let's talk about the welterweight division for a minute because for me, that is the most exciting division. I Personally, for yeah. me, yeah. it's the most exciting division in the sport. You've got... You know, Usman's done what he's just done and, and really showed that he's got what it takes to, to cop the shots mm. and then control the fight and get it back in his favour. Burns is still there. Oh, like, yeah. You know, he had his he's moments in that yeah. fight. There is, you know, I've seen, um, you know, we all sound like fucking Brendan Shaw, but, <laughs> here, but I was watching some of his content and listening to some stuff this morning and he, I'll pull it up on my IG now, he had like this, this six-fight tournament mm. for... Um, for the welterweight division and it was Stephen Thompson against Gilbert Burns yeah love it and I love like Wonderboy like such oh, a skill okay. set right, so, so unique like mm. it's, like Brendan says it's, it's hard to prepare for a guy mm. like that because yeah. he's so unique within his skill set in the UFC that you kind of need to bring in karate and yeah. taekwondo yeah. guys and I, reckon, I think he's the guy man to beat Osborne he's, he's like the only one with he's a so, chance because he throws shots you'll never see <clears throat> You'll never see before. And he's taking the defense. Like you said, you never train for them guys. So. 100%. And then he's got Covington against Leon Edwards. Yeah, that's, that's it. I love that. But then Colby declined the fight. Leon Edwards is he's fighting, fighting Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad on, yeah. on like, what, 10, 7 days notice? Yeah, he fought last well, week. He fought literally last weekend. <laughs> he's backing up because Leon Edwards, comes up got COVID. So he yeah. just pulled yeah. out. Leon put his foot down and said, I'm fighting. Colby got the opportunity, said no. And then... Um, Bilal Muhammad ranked 10th, I think now. Just nah, got, he's 14th. Oh, 14th, 13th. so just got his spot and then yeah. um, just cracked the top 15, so not top 10. Yeah, and he's jumping in, so... But yeah, in the future, that would be a great... Can I say, I rewatched it probably three times now. Colby Usman. Bro. What a fight. It's one of my favourites. One of the best fights. One yeah. of the best fights. My respect for Colby, next level after that fight, yeah. because... Yes. I think for any man to stand and trade after, you know... I think it was at the end of round three, he suffered that broken yeah. jaw. yeah. yeah. To fight another nearly two full rounds yeah. with a broken jaw, exactly. of course you're going to be less. You, you're going to move forward less. Of course. Yeah. You're trying to protect what's what's yeah. obviously a terrible injury. Mm. And I think Colby doesn't have enough credit after that fight. He doesn't. Because yeah. I think him against Usman is 
They are the top two guys, yep. in my opinion. 100%, 100%. In my opinion, like, they are one and two. And I think Colby's pace challenges anyone. Yeah. And I'm really keen to see him. I'd love to see him get in and become really active again. Yeah. yeah. Because I think he would 100% prove that he's that that number one contender. A lot, of, a lot of people can't see through his stick. It's the same yeah. as Triple C. They, they see him as a fighter, makes for crazy, crazy comments, <laughs> and then they hate him for that. But... You put that aside, then they don't respect the fight. You put that yeah. aside, and he's got so many skills. He's one of the best in the world. If Usman's not there, he's champ. Hundred percent, I agree. Really, yeah. Which is exci- You know, it's exciting, and you know, you guys said it there. Kum- Kum- How do I say his first name? Um, no, Kumza. Oh, Hamza. <laughs> Everyone struggles. I, hope, he's, he's, he, I hope he doesn't listen. The body's fucking <laughs> coming for me after that one. <laughs> I can still call him Kumza. Yeah. yeah, Cam's at Cam Hazmat. Cam's at, bro, is it that video of Paul Felder? Is it Paul yeah, Felder? He's like, yeah. how the fuck do I say his name? Yeah, Cam's at. Cam's at. He's a commentator for his fight too. He's, so funny, he's, he's um he's a guy who I haven't watched too much of, mm. yeah. but he seems to be the guy that in the comment section of this six you know this proposed six fight tournament where Kamara Masvidal was yeah. the last of the three fights there, which I want to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Everyone was like, where's he? Where's yes. he fit into that picture? Yeah. Where's he? And, you know, Wonderboy's that guy within that mix that's kind of sitting a little bit lower mm-hmm. on the rankings, but yeah. probably not deservedly. Like yeah. we said, he's he's that guy that really could challenge Usman because of his style. 100. Um, but, you know, I think is I, he? A lot, of, a lot of hype got taken away from Hamzat because he come in red hot, not had that two fights in, in one week, and everyone was on his nuts. And then... He got the big fight, and when you start to take on ranked guys, you can't fight on two weeks' notice. Yeah, because they want to—they want a full camp, and I think that took a lot of steam out of him. Because then originally, his matchup with Leon—I think Leon got sick, and then he got COVID. Leon got COVID first, then they rematched it, and now Hamzat's got had COVID. Then they rematched it again, and he's, he's got sick again. Lasting effects, his lungs haven't. Um, recovered and that uh, took a lot of steam out of his chain. But he, yeah. he, just, he come from stock like he trains in Stockholm, Sweden, so with um, Alexander Gustafsson and stuff. Yeah. And he's only a welterweight, mm. fights up at middleweight too sometimes. But he's given it to Gustafsson. You watch the training, and they are like height difference like this. But he's given it to Gustafsson. Like he's got some awesome yeah. training partners, and he's got power in those Hell hands. Yeah. He's just he's a wrestler. Is he Russian? He, so he's um. So he's, he's like a mix. I always get confused because you know there's Kyrgyzstan and all that it's technically not Russia yeah. but it's in the Russian yeah. area so he's up he's from around that area but yeah trains in Sweden because they're savages they're savage guy. Right. insane he's, he's got that dog. cleft lip he's got that yeah. scar well not cleft lip but he's got the scar, the scar. makes him so much scarier so much more scary <laughs> it's like the Joker right you see the scar yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just yeah but yeah Something he's, about he's it. one of those guys that you keep an eye on like he's lost a bit of hype now like you said because mm. he hasn't fought in a minute yeah but he's definitely he's, good he's, propeller a, lot, there. he's a wild card in, in what are your thoughts on Masvidal like in that picture because I don't know if I'm 100% convinced yet oh, I agree I love him as a fighter and as a as a person like I've listened to his podcast and stuff he's a really he's a real fighter like at the heart yeah. but competing with I don't think he can compete with Usman and Colby the they're just yeah, wrestling is just it takes base. it takes so long to build the base that they've built they've been wrestling yeah. since they were 6 years old and as you've seen in the Usman fight it's just it's another beast to handle. Like, yeah, you could land that shot and knock him out, but it's there. It's getting to that shot when you're on the ground for 11 minutes. Do you have that power in the hands? So, I, I think the fight with Usman will probably go the same way as the first one. To be honest, the only difference would be he'll have a better gas tank. I yeah, think yeah. yeah, he might be able to throw more shots, a bit more volume because he's yeah. you know, obviously like prepared for the fight. But skill set wise, I feel like yeah, 
how you can't build that much mm. of a takedown defense in a few months. It's like yeah. you said, it's years and years of yeah. training that. But as for a cell in the ultimate, oh. the ultimate fighter coaches, yeah, best best people. That's to what they're looking at doing for tough coaches. Right. I said, did you guys see the photos? Darren Till and um, Mike Perry? Oh, yeah. yeah. Step Brothers? Yeah. Yes. That's they the went best. On, um, IG Live as well mm. to each other. And they were talking did smack. You know, yeah. Some videos of it. He's, Till's giving it to him saying like, you're too small. You can't be, you can't compete with me. Yeah. And Perry's going back. Then Till's trying to, because they're fighting actually on the same card. So yeah. the yeah. next fight card that they're both um, supposed to fight on, they're going to be He's going to be on the undercard of Till. Okay. So they're going to be in the same building with each other. And Till's trying yeah. to hook up to do some training and stuff together. Yeah. So I don't know. Let, you know what, but let's be honest. Like, for me, like, I'm a big, t- I'm a bit of a Till nut hugger, yeah. but he's he's just a level above. <laughs> he's so good. Bro, he's the He's man. a level above, like, he's a level above Mike Perry. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And, like, there's a, there's a considerable difference there. But I loved, I loved um, with Darren Till... Like that night when he was out on the piss and he called out Yo Romero. Yeah. And then the next morning he wakes up and he goes like, I'm literally yeah. shitting myself. Like, forget about me calling yeah. Yoel out. Yeah. Then the minute Romero announces I'm retiring, he calls out Yoel again. <laughs> yeah. 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 So good. I love that he can take the piss out of oh, himself. Yeah. He has the which best. Which is so rare in fighting. I know. Yeah. And even to be so open, even with the Gastelum fight, he was nearly in tears after his post-fight presser, just saying like, I was so anxious. He was thinking about faking an injury yeah he, he didn't want to walk to out fake mm. an injury to mm. pull out because he just because he had so much time off and he was coming off a knockout loss and just coming up a weight class there were so many things to it he was so nervous but and he's open about it uh, yeah mm. he's a special one Dad, yeah. tools, you know, let's talk special. about that time off the ring rust as they call it you know we've seen probably the result of that with Conor McGregor yeah coming back mm. and you know I think you know, I'm, I'm a Conor fan I think I'm a Conor fan because I like that come up story and yeah. you know it's been great to see him go from you know, nothing to an extremely successful person who can provide for his family and, you know, for all of his faults. Yeah. You know, he's still a guy that's attractive to watch in the ring. And he is so skilled. But he has those obvious issues there when he faces those guys who can can stay in there with him for a yeah. little bit longer and aren't mm, going to rush yeah, forward at him because he is such a counter-puncher and, a, you know, yeah. he moves so well. But what does he do now? Like, we've seen him take that loss to Dustin, which, you know, is... There's no real discredit to him because yeah, Dustin's, Dustin's a, a badass. Like yeah. he's world class, but he doesn't really fit into that top four of that division, does he? Like no. it almost feels now that Connor's place in the UFC, and this is my personal opinion. Though, some of the fans might attack me for this, <laughs> but I think he's kind of that guy who just has those big matchup fights and fights those trilogies, and Price you know, money. like I think I've heard a few people talking about him and Dustin doing the trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to happen. I think it will happen. Mm. Whether it should or not. I don't I don't think it should. And I think if Dustin takes it, it's only because it's a payday for exactly. his family. Exactly. Where I just don't think there's any upside for Dustin. Like he's he's beat him. He's in pole position to yeah. be to be there, the guy that takes that lightweight belt yep. if Khabib Retired. does say that I'm up and yep. I'm done and or even that guy who's gonna get in there and probably have the best crack at actually winning it off Khabib yes. if he did come back. I just feel like it's it's an unnecessary risk for him to take that fight. All it is is money. But like in saying that, for Connor, I think if Connor can come back and beat Dustin, 
in the the, the trilogy, I think that takes him to another level He's above bad. again. Like, but it's, the risk but there is if he loses. If he loses, then he's sort of done. But Do you think that took a bit of his mistake away, seeing him getting finished at yeah. his own game? He's always, been, he's always, yeah, that's right. He gets beaten by a deci- like choked out or yeah, something. Yeah. A decision loss is different to actually getting yeah. knocked out. You never thought you'd see the day. Kind yeah. of not yeah. But yeah, I agree. I'm. See, <coughs> so we're a little bit different. We have. If you listen to the episodes on the couch critics, we do go a bit on this. Yeah. I'm not a. I am like a storyline guy, but I like what, like you said, what makes sense. A purist. So, yeah, I like yeah. to see the matchups that make sense. And that's how it should be. That's 100%. how it should be. But Dana, obviously, he's looking at the money side of things. Mm. Doesn't how how can you sell someone that just got knocked out, just rematching the next week? You know, no one else except for Connor can get that. And I, like you said, I want to see him go and try and get that lightweight belt. Whereas there's a lot more interest with the you know more casual fans to mm. see Connor back in the ring. Mm. So that's where I lose. That's where it loses me a little bit. It comes from a lot from the WWE. Yes, it does. And it, yeah. we love storylines. Like everyone loves a storyline, and everyone loves it. Except both. Except me. <laughs> I'm balls deep in the storyline. That's why we contrast. Like, I want nothing more than Connor to fight Dustin, and that's when yeah. where we split heads. But we all love the storyline. I well, I specifically do. Growing up watching WWE, it's the best yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 See, I never got into that growing up. Mm. But I was. But I think just like being a guy who loves to share story and tell yeah. story, like yeah. You know, yeah, you everyone appreciates what, what, what a story that yeah. is. You know, yes. that happens. Where does Michael Chandler fit into it? Because no one wants to fight that guy. Love Michael Chandler. He's, he, the, the cool thing about him is, I think there was a lot of doubt because mm. anytime somebody comes from outside of the UFC, there's always that question. Well, you know, this is the the big league. It is the top league, the the A division, the golden mm. standard. Mm. Let's see if you can mix it with the big boys and. You know, as a guy who's got that, he's got a wrestling pedigree, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. But he comes in and just, and just starches, rocks a guy who's a an unbelievable and damaging striker. And yeah. so durable too. Like he's oh, been Dan known. Hooker is fucking durable as right. a fight against Dustin. Dustin yeah. Paul Felder, like he's been in wars and no one can finish him. And then Chandler, like you said. Chandler beat him, like we said, at, at his own game. Mm. It's a bit of a blessing and a curse for Chandler because Chandler's come in and he was just standing for the Habib fight. Everyone was a bit off him now. What's his yeah. dude coming on, on yeah. and being standing for the title? And then he goes in against Dan Hooker, finishes him in two minutes, and it's like, well, now we, we haven't know, seen much of anything about Chandler. He hasn't yeah. got a title shot. So it was a bit of a best case scenario for him in terms of his performance, but worst case in terms of like people don't know anything and about him. Like, and they won't go back and watch Bellator. That's so right. And with Dan Hooker, took such a risk. Like, well, look what happened. This is worst case for Dan Hooker. You mm. get beat by a Bellator guy, pushes you, you know, like even though, yeah. he, like you said, but it pushes you down. There's no real risk versus reward. It's all in Michael Chandler's favour. So Gagey to verse, you know, we don't know much about him. So Gagey's mm. like, I don't want to take the chance of that happening to me too. He'd rather fight, you know, the Oliver. Because that's the fight that seems to make sense, isn't yeah. it? Him against Gagey and then Poirier um, against Charles Oliveira. Yeah, that's what it should be. Because really, that's how it should be. If we're 100%. Talking rankings Definitely. and we're talking that system. Do you think it then gives cause to where we should look at these divisions having almost those top-ranked top, top tournaments I'm, where bro. the top six guys battle it out mm-hmm. for those opportunities and for those positions? Because for me, especially in a game now where I get it, it's business, it's money, yeah. but Bellator had success with their tournaments, didn't they? Yeah, have they you, still have do. Have you seen the light heavyweight one? They just released it. Bro, um, insane. And Romero and Rumble Johnson. Romero, yeah, so yeah. Romero versus Rumble Johnson's in there. Vadim Nemkov, the that's their champ. champ. Ryan Bader, the former champ. 
they've got and they've laid it out. They've put the photo up. It's laid out. So these two verse move into this bracket. These two verse move into this bracket. So here it's, it's then you know makes, who's the man. You know what? It's really exciting. They make exactly. it make sense. It's great because it it gives us a visual of, of how this is going to take place. Yes. As fans, it almost gives you anticipation and build mm. up, and yeah. it sells these fights way before because we're going. Well, if you know if Bader beats him or if Anderson beats. You know, and then they're against each other, and then yeah. we start to get pumped up about it. Hundred percent, it gives you clarity. Hundred percent. In the UFC, yeah, like you said, such and such beats Chandler wins against Gaethje. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going in up the next stage because that's how the UFC yeah, works. Cool. It works differently. Mm. But I don't know if it's a thing that because Bellator's taken that and it's kind of their shtick that the UFC doesn't want to look like they're Copy it. copying them. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, Tony, Tony Hawk's house. <laughs> yeah. <much today>. It's <laughs> just about. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the window open. We're letting that breeze flow through. But, it, you know, it's it fascinates me as well. Like, looking at... We're in a world now where ever since... Connor's kind of set the precedent for a lot yeah, of things, yeah. right? Whether it's those big money fights in the UFC where money and business dictates matchups. Whether it's a guy who was a pure mixed martial arts fighter going, hey, I'm going to go and box arguably the GOAT, mm. Floyd Mayweather, and make a lot of money. And then, you know, boxing, there's far more money in boxing yeah. at the top leagues than there is in MMA. And then you got guys like Kamara saying, you know, I'd box someone. Yeah. yeah. I'd consider boxing a Canelo with a bit of time under my belt. Or, mm. you know, you got guys like, I know, Cedric Dumbay in the kickboxing yeah, world is a freak of nature. <laughs> bro, he's that guy's nuts. Him, French, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's, you know, he reckons he's been training a bit of wrestling and jiu-jitsu. Yes. And yeah considering coming into the fold is there a guy who you know maybe it's for you Cal you just said you really like him mm. is there a guy outside of mixed martial arts who you think could really come in and test people at his weight class for me it's yeah Cedric Dumbe and yeah I can't really think of Tyson Fury was actually he's been training with Darren Till a little mm. bit he reckons he'll come I don't think he will I don't think but he like will. yeah there's a few there's a few out there Terence Crawford He's yeah. he has a wrestling background. What is so, you know, and his kids wrestle, don't they? Yeah, so he's around yeah. it a lot. Isn't he skilled, oh, bro? Crazy. I reckon he's, he's the best. Is he Southport and Orthodox? You don't know. You don't know. Ninety rocks up. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. You can fight whatever you want. Yeah, he's insane. I think um, Jordan Burrows. I was about to is another one. Jordan Burrows. Jordan Burrows. So wrestler, he's the wrestler. he's a wrestler, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, big champion. Go go yeah. wrestling. He's been looking. Hasn't done the issue that worries me with him. He's never thrown a punch. He literally admits it. Goes, I've never thrown a punch in my life. Mm. Um, but I want, he wants to transition over so I don't know he's definitely got this wrestling base if he can put mm. the strikes together he could be the next Kamara Usman Hell yeah. you, know? you know I digress a little bit here it's funny you just said he's never thrown the strikes and one thing that I, I picked up you know like I said I've been watching a lot of Crone Gracie lately and just fascinated by the way that guy moves and trains and his philosophies because they're so unique to him and to his family probably as well he spoke about like not even really needing to strike that much. And I think that's changed a little bit after he's lost to yeah, Cub Swanson. Yeah. But mm. he said that, like, really, if you are a purist in jiu-jitsu, you're basically a defensive fighter yeah. that doesn't necessarily need to strike but needs to know how to use someone's strike against them. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel like there is, there is an argument for anyone who can be solely dependent on their one particular skill set well, within the just, UFC? you just got to look at Hadid. Ben Askren even as Indeed, well. Ben Askren. I think, when it comes to the you know what, I think five years ago, absolutely. But the way the game's changed so quickly in the past five years, you see with the Dustin and Connor, the leg kicks, the calf kicks. Mm. Connor, like you talked about before, ring rust. 
he hasn't fought he hasn't seen that before he hasn't seen the the calf kicks and i think you got guys like colby thickness coming up who we talk both talk to um the duty fought as well sam kikembo mm. and they're just they're martial artists they're training mma every day round mm. and they're coming up so they have an all-round skill set they can do everything yeah. so i think five yeah five years ago absolutely but mm. the way how quick the game's changing and evolving, it's going to be hard to in the future. Yeah, but in the same breath, as we see with Adesanya, mm. we haven't seen him wrestle at all. He's got good takedown defense, but we haven't seen him get wrestled and he's got to the top with mm. just striking. So, so still that you can do it, but he is the elite of the elite. I think yeah. he's the best striker that's ever been in the UFC. So you've so got to be there at that it's level. It's funny because I heard Cody Garvin talking about that the other day on Food Truck and yeah. he was saying that like 100% takedown defense. But I'm mm. like, but what happens if someone does? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, you're never n- always going to be in the best position. You might mm. f- find yourself a little bit uneven on your feet. All exactly. of a sudden, that takedown defense is out the window because you're unbalanced. Exactly. And, you know, the if sh- you get taken down, then it's... Exactly. The Sugar Sean O'Malley with the yeah. leg kick. He got that leg kick and got drop foot. And that's yeah. just like a one in a million chance to hit that peroneal nerve. Hits the right nerve and his foot literally doesn't yeah. work. He's like trying to step forward and he's actually stepping on his own toes because the... Like his toes just weren't working. So exactly, and what happens when that you know? But yeah, if he was happens. if he was yeah. good at jujitsu, he could have just laid you, yeah, and could have played that game. So had an offensive yeah, because he's something. just a striker. Well, so, like majority, mate, majority striker. Yeah. Like um, yeah, you seen him? He was on the ground, didn't know what to do, got finished. finished. So. Exactly. So yeah, definitely need to be more. I think yeah. yeah, like I say, there's a elite guys like your Adesanya's and your Habibs and stuff. They're they're the exceptions, but. I think in the next five to ten years, it's going to be very hard to be mm. super one-dimensional with the guys coming up. I'm, I'm interested. There's Marcus Bichesha as well. Marcus Almeida is finding one. He's like a jiu-jitsu yep. god as well. Mm. So I'm very interested. So in he's he's a bigger fella, he's isn't been, he? Yeah, that's right. So what, light, the, heavy, heavyweight? Yeah, heavyweight, I think he's fighting because he was going to fight Alan Ingolane. Yeah. But um, I'm interested. He's, it's his first fight. He's in one championship, so he's debuting soon. So I'm really keen to see like how his trajectory goes, see how he... One championship gets a bit of hype, doesn't it? Yeah, they're very popular in Asia. I actually just had, so the episode that'll go out um, 21st of Feb, so tomorrow, um, like I said, we're filming this on the 20th, is Faux Thor. Mm, Uh, I've seen you you post it on your story. He's currently, like we're talking not really about fighting, but about um, the Myanmar military coup. And Mm. he's in one championship. And I don't know if you guys have seen Fight World with Frank Grillo. On Netflix. Oh yes, oh, I watched yeah, the f- yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. the start. And um, he's so he's a lightweight fighter. So the guys that use yeah. headbutts yes. and oh, like yeah, it's yeah, insane. Yeah. It's like Muay Thai with yeah, headbutts. Yeah. The mental pace is so tough. And he fights in one championship. But there's so in one championship you've got the MMA, but you've also got particular arts too. There's yes. a lot of Muay Thai fights. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of so it seems like a more natural pathway to see guys, <coughs> excuse me, coming through one championship and transitioning into MMA. Before they come across, which I think is a good opportunity for these guys to transition. One championship, they're they're going to blow up. They're on their way. They're already pretty big, but they're going to blow up. They've got the same as the weight cuts too. They don't have weight cuts. They take your hydration test, see what your body runs at, Mm. and that's the weight class you have to fight in. I like that. So you can't... So healthy. Yeah. So every single person in there is hydrated, and they know they're fighting at their proper weight class. That's what I love about one championship. Yeah, you get the best version of themselves because they're not depleting themselves exactly mm. yeah. where Aspen comes from yes um, and but Bellator do that as well in terms of they got Bellator kickboxing that's true yeah and yep. they have these other branches inside the big umbrella of Bellator 
and I think it's a I think it's a really good thing. And I see in John Wayne Parr's gonna have, yeah. have, <laughs> have another fight in one one FC. How old is he now? Wow, he's 40, in his 40s, yeah. 42, 3, Just something like that. Anthony Mundane in boxing, and he had hip surgery. That's hip why replacement, hip yeah. replacement surgery. So, literally replaced his hips, <laughs> and feels that good. He was only supposed to be like light training, and he's just booked a fight. So, um, um, it's Muay Thai, isn't it? It's Muay Thai, but in a cage. Yeah, with MMA, MMA gloves or something. With MMA gloves. So, it's like a bit of a spin on the yeah. traditional yeah. martial art, but it's mm. going to be awesome. It's, it's sure. so... In, the world of fighting is so interesting, because it is now becoming so so easy and almost like it's like liquid like everyone kind of flows through mm. each yes. each art now and can kind of come into these different divisions i find though the biggest issue with guys coming from their particular martial art like boxing or kickboxing or jiu-jitsu to mixed martial arts tends to happen later in their career I yes know, which i think long. is the issue mm. they've just waited too long yeah. like you look at a guy like say a tyson fury he comes say he comes into the mma world yeah like Dude, you've been fighting for ages. Like, how much time are you really giving us here? Mm. Like, you're coming yeah. in for one fight or you're going to come in and build a career? That's right. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, when Connor fought Floyd, I actually, like, Connor's got unbelievable kicks, but yeah. I think, why doesn't Connor just go and, like, dive into the boxing world? And, like, he's mm. obviously not that well versed on the ground. He's always yeah. in trouble whenever he gets taken down, and he seems to, like, he's almost like Cody Garbrandt. The minute yeah. Cody Garbrandt gets hit, he just becomes a 16-year-old yeah. in yes. a schoolyard. Yes. <laughs> like, he just starts throwing punches left, right and centre and doesn't know what he's doing. And Connor's the same on the ground that I think, you know that you can sell big fights. It's kind of like a Jake Paul is doing, yeah. like these yeah. celebrities, which I want to talk about with you yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you see that opportunity to sell fights and do business. Yeah. It's, it's strange that he didn't go there because however much he made, 100 million or whatever, mm. to fight Floyd... He could make. He could fight all of them dudes, Manny, man. Yeah, there's yeah. so many fights out there for him. Many, you know, Canelo would have taken the fight because yeah. he's very business driven. Yeah, there's so many opportunities there for. He could have made bank. He could have made bank in another two fights mm. that would probably equal what he'd make in about five or six UFC fights. Yes. And exactly. I think it's still there. I think we talk about a bit. Um, him and Manny Pacquiao got the same manager, Audiatar. So yeah, paradigm. I think that's a good chance. Easy way. It's easy for him to match it up. They're literally mm. managed by the same guy. So, so I think it's still there. And if, say, Conor loses his next UFC fight, it's still there. Maybe a um, backup plan. Yeah. Let's talk about the celebrity boxers. And yeah. we haven't really seen it in MMA yet. Like, we've seen CM Punk do it. <laughs> yeah. And seen it, how it, it didn't go that well. Um, I think MMA is a different game because the minute you walk in, you know, even if someone is not a high-level um, ground guy, they're just going to take you down anyways, yes. in most cases. But, you know, we've seen... I guess there's a place for it, and it's so it's so divided. Get a guy like Mike Tyson, who is one of the goats of boxing, who loves to see yeah. these celebrity yeah. fights because he mm. knows his sport's dying. Yeah. Mm. Do you think we'll see much of that in the, in the UFC or MMA as a whole? Because I think it's almost like... Well, our sport isn't dying. Yeah, it's yeah. only on the art. Yeah. And if you it. come in and you're out of place, you will be found out. Yeah. And you know, taking a punch to the head is bad enough when you're not trained. Yeah. yeah. But taking a fucking kick a to shin. the head, <laughs> or a shin, or an elbow, yeah. or you know, being in a position where you could really hurt yourself yeah. and and do some like life changing damage. Yeah. I don't know that we'll see it flow into MMA too much. I don't. I don't think so. Definitely not in the UFC, Bellator. I don't think they're... Dana's pretty open that he's not in the business of it. Mm. But as we've seen, Chuck Liddell versus... Um, Tito. 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 No one would sanction it. Dana said no. They couldn't get it. So they made their own. 
So there is that... Op- like there is that was that with chance. Golden Boy, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Golden Boy Promotions. That was the first time. But so there's, you know, there's people out there that can make it happen. So I don't think we'll see it on the bigger platforms, but there's definitely an option for it to happen. And I think there's a lot more money in boxing too. Yeah. yeah. From an outside perspective, people would see boxing, I don't want to say easier, but it's less risk, I guess. And yeah. there might be more money in it. And yeah. everyone well, feels like they can put, throw on a pair of gloves and go for gold. And there's such a market with... These YouTube bros, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, they're almost bigger. They're making money. They are. Bro, they're, they're bigger than the biggest guys, boxing guys. They're probably making yeah. more money than them. Right? When yeah. you've got 24 million subscribers, you've exactly. got an audience it's there that you're selling to like immediately. It's And, you know, we talk about, I think it was like Conor Khabib that had 2 million pay-per-views yeah, right. or something yeah. around yeah. that. And then you think, well, these guys have got... 24 million subscribers on yeah. a YouTube even channel who watch them do stupid shit on YouTube. So mm. even if only half of them, even if half of them buy it, it's still yeah. you know quadruple what it's, they can make. It's and, insane, isn't it? And we all pay. Like I hate Jack Paul, <laughs> but I'm gonna pay to watch him fight probably every yeah. time because I want to see him get knocked out. <laughs> so as much as like he's a dick and that, but what he's doing, he's really really good at it, and he's, and he's bringing eyes to the sport, which is it's a benefit for what, bo- what boxing means. Yeah, I, which. 100%. For me, I think Goody raised a good point, Sam Goodman, who we had on last week. I lo- I don't mind it, the celebrity boxing, but I'd like to see some professional fighters on the undercard. Yep. I've seen it a few times, but even like the mm. rugby league all-star fight, no, I don't know if you watched that. They were meant to, he was meant to fight on that, Sam Goodman, but he didn't get the opportunity and it was just... Oh. Like, it's a good light to promote young up-and-coming actual boxers yeah actually you know what it just reminded me we were all at the um the gallon hunt fight yes, that's right. yeah and i think we're sitting a couple of rows apart yeah, from true. each other but didn't know it what a shock that was i know bro we've watched we went and watched mark hunt in adelaide and i think he was doing that dispute with the ufc he didn't throw a punch <laughs> yeah, and we were yeah. disappointed then and then we seen we're like all right we're getting redemption because we've loved him since yeah. we were kids we're like we're getting redemption we're going to see him have a scrap and then he rocked him a couple of times. He just sat there. He didn't do much. He, came he looked like a sumo up. wrestler. So, yeah, heaps heavier yeah. than he did in the UFC. He just didn't take his camp as seriously, I don't think. Um, but I think Gallon's gotten to the point now, we can't call him an ex-NRL player anymore. He's a boxer. Yeah, he's he good, man. He devotes his time. Yeah. He's, it's mm. a discredit to him to say yeah. he's not a boxer because I believe he's, he's hit that stage now. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah he's, he's proven himself enough times, hasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. And not any Joe Blow can just get in the ring and beat, you know, Mark Hunt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like... 100% it does and that for me I thought Gallon was going to get found out like I'll yes. put my hand up and so say I was so yeah. wrong Yeah. where I was just like I cannot believe that happened Insane. one yeah, fight I'm shook. so excited for to go back to pro boxing itself Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua bro, what a this matchup. is the one eh? this is I the love one. both guys yeah. like both guys are and great personalities yeah. they, mm-hmm. they're great role models for the sport 100%. I think you know, maybe the Tyson Fury of old wasn't but yeah. the Tyson Fury that we've seen rise and, and come back and you know sort of redeem himself not that he ever lost his status within the sport but I think as an individual as a yeah. human being yeah. he's really turned his life around like we that fight is so exciting hell yeah we gravitate towards that that's why we like in the underdog story yeah. you're yeah. coming back you almost, you, tried, you almost tried to commit suicide, all these things, mm. and to bounce back like this, everyone loves him. And then everyone loves Anthony Joshua because the same reason. Yeah. He lost to someone he shouldn't have lost to in Andy Ruiz, and he's coming back, and now you've got the two people fighting that everyone wants to see. And yeah. I can't wait. 
that's a bad thing about boxing is you never get to see or you don't not never but it takes a long time to get the fights you want to mm. get yeah. mm. it seems like these a lot two, of politics a lot of it and then these two seem like they're like it's been pretty straightforward they've announced mm. it and it's going ahead so hopefully it gets you know we get to see it 100 percent mm. and yeah it's going to be crazy it's it's funny isn't it because aj is obviously very silky he's got yeah. great skills you know we've seen I think the, the question around AJ was always, did he have the rounds in him? And then we yeah. see the Klitschko fight and we said, okay, he's got the rounds in yeah. him. Yeah. He also, like we spoke about before, got rocked yeah. and you know regathered composure yeah. and come back and won that fight and finished him in the 11th, I think it was. Yeah. Um, for Tyson Fury, that man just moves, doesn't he? Like oh, he, man. He moves like... It's, it's so unique to see a big man, like a big man move like that. Yeah. And when you like same back to the Wonderboy Thompson, if you get a silhouette of mm. Tyson Fury and Wonderboy, like you know a black, and you see them move, you know who they are. You know what I mean? Like hundred like percent. He's got his mm. own style. I love watching Tyson Fury fight, and to see such a big man so light on his feet, you <laughs> yeah. see him in that that last fight where he's sitting back on the ropes and dodging all the punch. Like he moves like a middleweight. It's insane. It's almost he's, unnatural to see. He's one see of the that size moving yeah. like that. It's weird. It's it's un, it's unnatural. Predictions see. for that fight. It's so hard. Bro, to I'm, bu- I'm biased. <laughs> AJ is my favorite boxer, but I, I truly like in my heart. I think Tyson Fury Same. beats him. I can't go against. Him. Yeah, I he's agree. so skilled, yeah. man. Just and AJ a little bit. I, th- I think it, I think will be a decision. Yeah. Yep. Fight though. Like, I don't think either guy will knock either guy out. Like I think we've seen now that fuck a bus could hit Tyson Fury and yeah. the guy would get back up yeah, within yes. ten seconds. Hundred percent. Um, and I just think. I don't know that Fury will knock AJ out. Yeah. I think it will be a, a real battle, but I think you'll see that silky, that classy mm, yeah. move from, from Tyson throughout yeah. those 12 rounds where he will, you know, he, he'll probably, not convincingly, I think they'll, be, they'll both have their moments, but yeah. I think it'll be clear at the end that of it that, yeah. that Tyson's won it. 100%. And Tyson, like, when he was moving forward on, got um, Deontay Wilder on his back foot, you could see, like, when he's moving forward, he's a menace. Like, he's always, mm. like you said, been the movement guy. You can't hit him. But <clears throat> that aggressive approach, it's going to be... If he brings that into the Joshua fight, yeah, it's going to be fireworks. Have you heard the sauna story? No. no. So, back when he fought Klitschko the first time, he heard that Klitschko was king of the sauna. So, apparently, he could sit <laughs> in there for days, right? <laughs> and so, he went in there. Like, being there, I think he was like 20 at the time or something. He was young as. And... They went into the sauna together. I don't think they said a word to each other the whole time, but he said, we was sitting in there for ages, and he's like, I was dying, like I was burning inside, <laughs> but I just knew I couldn't leave before he left. And then eventually Klitschko got up and walked out. Yeah. He's like, but then you can't leave immediately because <laughs> yeah. it's like, he knows. Yeah. So to stay in there, and apparently like they had to peel him off the floor. He was that fucked when he got out of there. But it's funny, <laughs> isn't it? It's a yeah. mental game. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. I reckon that honestly is what beat him. Yeah, mentally. Before the fight. Mentally, he knew that I do. He probably knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he probably knew that he waited that few minutes to leave just to prove a point. But yeah. mentally, when you see that, you go, mm. you know, it's like if you went for, if I went for a marathon and I'm like rooted at 42Ks yeah, yeah, yeah. and my mate goes, might go and do another five. You're like, yeah. what a badass. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's got something extra in the tank. 100%. Yeah. Well, Joe Rogan actually said that to David Goggins about Cameron Haynes. Because they were going for a run together, and he said, "Put a limit, because if you two are trying to outmatch each other, you will kill yourself." <laughs> he's like, "You should just keep running because they're so Isn't competitive." Isn't he a fascinating character, Cameron Haynes? Yeah, he's the a man. guy that runs a marathon for breakfast just so he's a better hunter. <laughs> yeah, so he's, uh, he's it's not a maniac. Yeah, going back as well, Mike Tyson 
he used to say he'd win the fight. He won the fight before he stepped in the ring. Once, like, mm. face-offs, looking in someone's eyes, you can, he can see, you know, he can tell if he's got that mental edge. So as soon as they look away or something for him, he knew whether that's a mental thing in himself to convince himself or yeah. if it was the mental edge. But, yeah, there's something but to that. I think we're seeing that with Connor because Connor had this mystique about him in the first Dustin fight, especially Dustin, like, you see, he's so tense. And then now he's taking the nice approach. They're like, he's just another human. He bleeds, and now you've seen him get knocked out. I think it's going to be... Takes a bit of a mistake. Yeah, because yeah. before it was like, it was Conor McGregor, you're fighting the man. And then now it's mm. just Conor McGregor, he's a normal Bro, dude. What, what was the thing Tyson Fury was doing? Was he ringing AJ as a night oh, Yeah, so he knocked him out. I'm going to fucking knock you out, you dog. <laughs> and then just hang up on him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's, I think he was calling Eddie Hearn at night too, yeah. like at 2 right. 3 in the morning. Eddie's like, man, I'm fucking asleep. That's my wife. What do you want? It's, it's so funny. Right. It's yeah, like, come cool. out, Eddie. Just, come out. It's so funny. <laughs> they just keep answering him. Yeah. 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 Cool. Actually, it's funny. I heard... Have you heard of True Geordie? No. The Pommy fella. Great, a great podcast if you want to listen. Yeah, yeah. He's done a, an outstanding one with Tyson Fury. Yeah, okay. And I like Eddie Hearn. He's a bit of a character, yeah, right? Yeah. And gets quite involved in the politics of boxing. But, you know, and he's, he's AJ's guy. He's in yeah. AJ's corner. But he done a great podcast with True Geordie. And he was telling a story. I think his dad was a bit of a fighter, a bit of a pro boxer. And he was pro boxer and snooker player. Right. right? <laughs> Good mix. And I think he said the first time he ever went to the gym, his dad dragged him up there. And I think he was like 17 or 18. His dad was a little bit older. And I think it was like one of the first times they got in the spa. He paced his dad up, and he goes, most people just wouldn't say that, but he goes, my dad's up the pub going, fuck, I tell you what, my son belted the fuck out of me the other day. What a legend. Like, yeah. Just pumping him up a little bit. Yeah. But it's, it's cool to hear those stories, yeah, isn't it? Behind like the Behind the scenes of boxing, and, and mm. it really is passed down through generations, I think, martial 100%. arts. And we've seen that, especially in boxing. You know, yeah. MMA is so new yeah. that we'll see that in probably 10 years yes. now, yeah, those, those younger guys who are coming through off their, their dad's footsteps. Yeah. 100%. And, now, it, it is cool that I look back on the pedigree of MMA in the last 25 years and how far it's, you come. Know, how far it's come. We were speaking about it before. Um, have you seen the, the stuff about the Lions Den, Ken Shamrock, and how their gym started? No, no I haven't seen that. That's, that's really interesting to watch. So Ken Shamrock talks about you know, fighting and, and he had a rough childhood and a rough upbringing. And he, he fought a lot in Japan. He was a bit of a name in Japan. And mm. he used to fight these guys. And back then, they were almost Marvel fights. They were so almost thought of as vicious because it was these guys who were throwing elbows and, and doing all these things that were so outside of the traditional boxing that the world was used to. And he found that it was hard to find guys to train with because he wanted to be better. Striking, wrestling, ground game, all of this stuff that, what do I do? So he basically built a gym and he'd run these tryouts where guys would fight for ages and ages on end. <laughs> And like it was yeah, really testing, yeah. It was really testing. What watch it? It's called the Lions Den. Yeah, kind of like, like the Tiger Muay Thai tryouts. Surely you've seen that. Yeah, the Tiger tryouts are yeah. insane. Freestyle just done one. They just done one for the champ camp with Alex Valco. So they've had a few guys. We knew a few guys that yeah. tried out for it too. So it's cool to see. It's a, yeah, it is a cool thing that. Really cool to see, isn't it? It's I think it's fascinating too in our area to have. You know, they call him the Master Joe. Master yeah. Splinter. Out there. <laughs> Master Splinter Joe Lopez out there and. And to see that we've got a world club, like we've got a world champion, we don't appreciate yeah. that, do we? we? That's, what, that's what annoys us the most, that no one appreciates it. And with like the tall poppy syndrome, because he's up here and he's from the same area, people want to bring him down. Mm. Like no one, he does get a lot of support, but then there's the people the that are like, 
They yeah. should, we should have a bloody statue of Volko in literally. Mm. He's our guy, and we should be putting him up on a pedestal. And you know, I don't 100%. know. Just, well, you look at Conor McGregor, Ireland. You look at oh. Khabib in Russia. You see Darren Till, Liverpool. Yeah, when he walks out, it's wild. All these guys, and then we. We it's do. probably another catalyst. We what started the pod, podcast yeah, for us. It yeah, was. Appreciation yeah. for we just hate to see a local champ get downplayed, but it's not everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Around here, we get a lot of support for him and Definitely. for the local guys as well. But there's I a, think it's great for our area too. Like we oh, go, huge. hold on, we've got a world class gym here. Yeah. yeah, we've got you know, like he trains at Baynet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, and he he speaks volumes of his strength oh. and conditioning programs yeah. and mm. the way that that's developed his game and improved his body and yeah. his. Yeah, I think he had back issues for a while. Yeah, didn't he? Joe, yeah, Joe, yeah. He, he said that on Joe the Joe Rogan's Biomed. They got a shout out from Joe Rogan the other episode. Yeah, with, Cody Garber. Cody Garber, he's got issues. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. and they're going talk to Volko because he has back issues and da da da. So isn't that cool? Imagine if Wollongong then become a place where some of these guys are coming out to train. You exactly. Know? We see Alex do that a little bit and go to New Zealand exactly. to city kickboxing, mm. but yep. that's more so to get the caliber of guys to be sparring that's with. Right. To, you know, because MMA is like it's it's new worldwide, but it's yeah. so new here in Australia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think as we see it become more popular here, it's cool. Yeah. Like I know Tyson Pedro has been getting down yeah. to freestyle, Tyson, and Jamie Malarkey as well. <laughs> they come from yeah, Tyson Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie Malarkey, the boys, yeah. Jimmy Croup also from um, yeah. Melbourne. They come up and train with Rob Whitaker too. So yeah, we're slowly starting to get a bit of a like a. Um, base here but mm. like I said it's only so new few years once we get like that pedigree coming up yeah we've already got a few like really really good fighters out there and yeah. imagine in 10-15 years that's why we're trying to jump in early because well, you can see it blowing up it's going to blow up yeah. 100% it's you know it's like me Joe Rogan if you ever want to come out here and sit in the and studio yeah. just you know you just got to send me a message <laughs> get the DMs um, boys fuck we've been going for nearly two hours here what a chat Joe I sort of want to make sure that one thing I do with all of my podcasts is if you're here it's because I like what you're doing, you know, mm. and, and I'm really particular with my guests because whilst, you know, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet here, but, you know, who I interview is kind of a reflection of me too, you know, and I like yep. to think that I believe in the people I have on the pod and that I want to be a part of their journey and I want to see them succeed and come up and I want to make sure that as much as everyone enjoys listening to this, that I want to hope they can't get enough of this, you know, mm. that they want to go back and follow you guys and... Like we said before, your content is so different than mine. You know, every now and then I have someone within the world of MMA or fighting come through the show, but it's definitely not my bread and butter and it is yeah. yours. So where do the people find you? Couch Critics MMA on Instagram. We're pretty much everywhere that it's that. YouTube, YouTube. Twitter, YouTube, yeah. Facebook. And how often are you releasing? We we, so we would do a weekly episode, um, which yeah. is like you said, it's a breakdown of the upcoming fights, card the upcoming card that's going to be on that weekend or the next weekend and we also break down what happened in the last episode we also put some news and stuff in for yeah. people that you know you don't know if Darren Till or someone got an injury they're not fighting you think they're coming up still you know we've got a lot of questions from people who's fighting this weekend we kind of want to <coughs> give people that platform so they know exactly who's fighting mm. what's being booked what's coming up and then interviews as well. So we're looking to do an interview maybe every two weeks. I'd yeah. Say, yeah. Every yeah. two weeks roughly and hopefully more in the future to once a week or stuff like that. So and will that be more so a mix of Aussie talent or is it going to be a, a vast array of Yeah, I think a vast talent? array. And we want to dive into, we've been talking to a guy, Mindlock. He's a like a sports psychologist. Sports psychologist. Love that. Yeah. So, yeah. Love that. We want to get them sort of people on the podcast because yeah. fighting's 
eight, 70, 80% mental, 20% physical. So yeah. we want to get them sort of guys on the podcast. Even coaches, like we want to yeah. get into the like local scene and even up in Sydney, get the UFC coaches on and everything, not just fighters, like you said, the behind the scenes stuff, the coaching, what goes into being a good coach. Just dietitians, everything. Dietitians, yeah. whatever we can get. Yeah, we're going to try and blow it up this year. And I yeah. appreciate your words just before then too. That that means a lot to us. Even to, be, even to be here, I'm <coughs> super grateful to be here. 100%. Like, appreciate yeah. it, boys. It's great to have you here. For sure. We love what you're doing and you love what we do as well. And we, of course, support other locals. So we're, yeah. we're stoked to be here, bro. I appreciate it. So, you know, whether you're listening to this or watching and you want to know what's happening with the hiss hus hush. You want to, <laughs> you know, cop a little bit of a left right good night as you put your head on the pillow and, and tune into what these boys are doing and what they're reviewing, previewing, or even just you know those interviews that they're talking to great people within the fighting world, whether that be the athletes, like they said, the professionals that are with and around the sport. Just make sure you head across and follow these guys. I'll have all of their links in the show notes in the description so you can get behind them. Please do. Um, I know that I'll be tuning into all the episodes that are to come and what an exciting year it's going to be for you guys and for the sport as a whole so ladies and gentlemen as always thank you so much for being a part of the experience we're here i was going to say live and free but we're not really live are we (laughs) um we're here for free you know for you to dive into all these platforms and now that we're here in the hq the home of the experience you're going to get a whole lot more of this so thanks for coming thank Thank you everyone appreciate that